0: Everybody, welcome to the export. I'm Revan X, and alongside me as always is Biggie, aka Ethan Tate, aka somebody who I would like to know. Bailey and Cody Rhodes are the 2024 Royal Rumble winners. Do you agree with those decisions?
1: Uh Cody, yes. Bailey, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> It kind of threw me off because I thought it was gonna be Becky, um, but I still think that uh, Bailey winning can make a great story because of damage control.
0: I feel that. I mean, I pick Bailey winning mainly because of like what's gonna happen with damage control and like that would be a way to set up her versus uh, EO. and I think Becky gonna end up facing Rhea regardless. I don't think she needs to win it to set that up but uh to kick things off we're gonna go a little bit out of order and store. instead of talking football first we're actually gonna talk WWE and we're gonna get Ethan's takes on Royal Rumble and then that's kind of wrapping things up uh Embryo and I will do our own little thing talking Royal Rumble and all that jazz so just to recap for those who just need a reminder or y'all know the show you know we do this anyway uh Bailey. Won the women's royal rumble, like I said, Roman Reigns' historic title reign lives on after he wins the fatal four way. Uh, Kevin Owens loses by disqualification to Logan Paul, and Cody Rhodes becomes the first wrestler since Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin to win back to back royal rumbles. Uh, Embryo got the dub at three and one. Actually, you and uh, Embryo both had a 3-1 and one record but he got the win because of the tiebreaker because Jimmy Uso came out second in the Royal Rumble and Chad Gable didn't come out at all so he ended up getting the tiebreaker but uh, what was your favorite match of the card? Uh
1: I mean the, the women's Royal Rumble
0: Agreed. Alright who was your favorite entrance slash return of the night?
1: Favorite entrance I'm going to have to say honestly, Jay Cargill.
0: I feel that. Uh, what about favorite moment?
1: Jay Cargill dumping Nia Jax twice.
0: That was a That's favorite
1: my favorite answer. because she, in my opinion, like the like both the women's match was better, but both and the, both matches weren't like spectacular the men's it was kind of like okay um they the only return was andrade and it's like he's cool but he he's not like moving the needle of excitement in my opinion but like when jay cargill got in i was like okay and she had like a couple moments like the thing with bianca was cool and then when she like legitimately picked up nia jackson like slammed her and then threw her over the top rope. I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of dope.
0: All right, who do you feel like increased and decreased their stock?
1: Increased, I am going to say Braun Breaker because in the men's rumble, he honestly had, like, my favorite moment when he went on, like, the spear Fest, especially when he speared uh, Ivar when he tried to do the the, uh, springboard move. Mm -hmm. I thought that was dope decrease I'm going to say Nia Jax.
0: Alright, if you could change one thing, um change one booking decision, what would it be?
1: If I could change one booking decision, what would it be? Um let me see, let me see. I honestly I probably would have had KO win just because I don't, I don't want Logan Paul as a champion in WWE.
0: Selfishly, for prediction reasons, I wish the same thing. Um, Alright, what was your biggest WTF moment of the night?
1: J. Cargill, <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't that many, like, in my opinion, and also, I think it was hard because I think this is my first time ever watching, like, Royal Rumble, period, because I, I didn't have, like, Cable growing up, so I never got a chance to watch pay per views and all of this stuff. But in my opinion, it just really weren't that many like spectacular moments. You can tell me if I'm if you don't feel the same way, but that's just what I
0: felt. No, I would agree with you. I think, like I said, me and Embryo probably do like more of a deep dive into everything later. But yeah, I agree with you. This was like it was a solid rumble, you know, like it wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't bad. So I'm with you. Like it really wasn't nothing that like really blew my mind. Um all right, so last but not least, how would you grade the show?
1: I give it I give it a C plus.
0: That's real. But all right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the NFL side of things, starting with the college football player spotlight. Now, this is one of the biggest weeks of of the draft process. Not only is the East-West Shrine game taking place, but also the Senior Bowl is taking place. And so instead of just focusing on just one prospect, let's talk about the prospects that uh, we are most looking forward to looking at and watching this week. Um, I'll start things off uh, with the East-West Shrine game. Offensively, I'm watching Memphis running back Blake Watson. He had a really good year in his sole year at Memphis after transferring from old Dominion. And I mean, one thing about Memphis is they can push out some really, really good running backs, whether it be Tony Pollard, uh Daryl Henderson, who's had some shown some nice moments with the Rams, or Antonio Gibson, who I want to say is gonna be a free agent, but has had a really, really good first few years of his career with the Washington Commanders. I think that Blake Watson can definitely be um in that same conversation and with a good showing uh this week at the shrine game i think that he could raise his draft stock and then uh defensively i'm going colorado state defensive end mo kamara um a guy who i'm sure a lot of people finally got a big introduction to when colorado and colorado state played in that insane game um but he was all over Shador sanders and i mean again nobody's really checking for colorado state like that but he had a really 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 good season i mean he's just been one of the most consistent edge rushers in the company i mean in the country so I'd say those are two guys that um, I'm watching. And if you don't have any prospects, it's cool. We're going to move on to the senior bowl.
1: Uh, for me, obviously I'm going to watch Blake Watson. He running back for Tigers. My city, um, I got to show him some love. I don't really have any other defensive prospects.
0: All right, and then moving on to the senior bowl. Um, Offensively, I'm watching quarterback Michael Penix Jr. I mean, I know it's very early in the draft process, but most mock drafts have him maybe going in the second round. Typically, you know, you'll get the Williams, the May, the Daniels, and maybe even a Bo Mix or uh, J.J. McCarthy thrown into the mix. But he... Speaking of Michael, Penix really hasn't gotten that first-round buzz. I'm not sure if a really strong outing at the Senior Bowl will solidify him as a first-round prospect, but I definitely think it will cause some front offices to think about it. And then uh, defensively, I'm going Toledo cornerback Quinnian Mitchell. I mean, again, he's not exactly a big school product, but he's been really, really good and has displayed a lot of great ball production throughout his career. And, I mean, as we've seen today, it is such an offensive game that the more defensive weapons you can have, especially in your secondary, the better off you'll be. So those are the two guys I'm definitely watching at the Senior Bowl. Uh,
1: for me, offensively, I agree with you with uh, Michael Phoenix. Defensively, I'm looking at Texas D tackle. Um, I just lost his name. Devondre
0: Sweat or uh, Byron.
1: Devondre Sweat. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, the best part of the Texas Longhorns defense this year was that uh, defensive tackle. You, ugh, I can't even talk. Defensive tackle duo with uh Sweat and Murphy, and I think they're both at the Senior Bowl, so it'll be interesting to see which one of those two like raised their stock more. But all right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk some NFL action. More specifically, recapping the AFC and NFC championships of this past weekend. Uh, For the, what, fourth time in the last five years, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl after defeating my Baltimore Ravens 17-10. And I saw this post on Instagram, and it got me to thinking, is Lamar Jackson the NFL's version of Joel Embiid? Oh
1: uh, I'm going for now I'm gonna say yes because I think they're both in the regular season they're they've both been dominant at their position, but they haven't gotten over the hump in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that and also another thing that I hate to compare make comparable about them, but it's true is injuries. I mean this is the first year that Lamar Jackson's been healthy in the past what two, three years. And it was great. He's more than likely going to win MVP, and rightfully so. But, yeah, it's definitely giving um, Joel Embiid vibes, which is so frustrating. But it's not all on Lamar. I will get to why it's not all on Lamar that we lost, but he didn't help. All right, and then uh, next up we had the – San Francisco 49ers coming back from down 27. I mean 24 to 7 to defeat the Detroit Lions 34 to 14. Following the game, Dan Campbell was talking about this the game and just how much it hurt. And he openly said this may have been our only shot and said it'll be twice as hard to get back to this point next year. I mean, he's not wrong. The NFL is only going to get better. You can't expect to be in the same place every year, unless you are the Chiefs, apparently. But in your opinion, was this the Lions' last shot to make it to the Super Bowl? Not literally, but, you know, considering all the circumstances.
1: I'm going to say no, because, I mean, I feel like if you you did, you you did solidified a big piece in that in bringing back Ben Johnson, um, if you're able to retain Aaron Glenn, he doesn't get a head coaching job. I think you keep the same coaching staff if you're able to keep a, the, most of their Washington attack. And maybe make a couple of improvements, especially um getting a secondary receiver to be a line size, Amon Raw, and you get like some some pass rush help for Aiden Hutchinson and maybe a linebacker or two. Like I can see them I can see them back in the same position. I'm not gonna say next year, but I can see them in the same position um within like the next three to four years.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that because a lot of the people, you know, are pretty much locked down, like, with in terms of contract. Like, Aiden Hutchinson's not going anywhere. Amon Ra has time. Um, Jameer Gibbs is another one. Dave Montgomery. A lot of that offensive line is still standing pat. I mean, you got to figure out Jared Goff. I think he has at least one more year under contract. But I'm going to disagree with you on the linebackers. I would say swap investing in linebacker and invest in some corners because that secondary is bad. Like, really, really bad. Um, and then, yeah, get a, like you said, get another pass rusher with Aiden Hutchinson. And I think that really the offense is fine, like aside from needing another wide receiver, everything else, you bring in another quality receiver, you make it a trio with Amon Rod, Jameson Williams, and whoever else you bring in. And then that defense, you get some more juice in that secondary and another edge rusher. I think the Lions have a really, really promising future. Like you said, I don't know if I think it's going to be next year per se, but I do think that they've cemented themselves as a playoff threat um, for years to come. And, I mean, when was the last time you could say that about the Detroit Lions? All right, let's go ahead and move on to our top three takeaways of the week. Uh, you can start us off at number three.
1: Number three, um, everybody's made, made a big hoopla about Dan Campbell going forward on fourth down. But in my opinion, the thing that really cost them the game was they stopped running the ball. Like, the Lions throughout the whole course of this season and playoffs, their identity was built on running the ball. And even in the first half of that game, they ran the ball to a successful clip. And once the second half hit, they stopped doing it. And I think that was their biggest downfall.
0: Number three for me is, while I know that a lot of people are hyping up Brock Purdy right now, and and it's fair. I mean, he helped get the team, speaking of 49ers, like back into the mix, got them where they need to be. They end up pulling it out. I don't think he's elite. You're not going to hear me say that, but I do think that he has, he's beating the uh, game manager allegations. Obviously, if he doesn't have a good showing in the Super Bowl, that's going to be one thing, and we're going to be wrecked mm-hmm. back in that situation. But I do think that the way that Brock Purdy was able to handle himself with poise, being down by that much and just hitting his targets, and obviously it did lead result in some miraculous plays by Brandon Iuk and the uh George Kittle and Debo just fighting through some pain and just getting open like props to them. But I'm gonna give Brock Purdy his credit. He had a really, really big game and I don't think it now it's fair to call him a game manager.
1: Uh, for me number two, it is the 49ers. Like this is the second game in a row where they've made a miraculous comeback in the second half. I, I don't think that's a recipe for success for them, going especially going into a Super Bowl against a Kansas City team that has found their groove and, like, found a way to win games. And ultimately, when you got a guy, unlike the two teams that they faced in Jordan Love, with quarterbacks in Jordan Love and Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes is more than likely going to make the play that's going to win the game versus not. Um, so if you're going to beat him in the Super Bowl, you can't get a, a big deficit early.
0: That's real. Uh, number two for me is Baltimore's decision to go away from the run game, yet again, cost them a playoff victory. I remember being in this spot almost exactly a year ago with the game we lost to the Bengals in the wild card round, where we just didn't run the ball. J.K. Dobbins leading into that game was terrific. I mean, averaging over five yards per carry, the run game was humming. We didn't run the ball efficiently or enough. Fast forward to this game. You and I talked about it. One of the weaknesses of the Chiefs' defense was their run defense. This would have been the perfect time to exploit said run defense, especially because Baltimore runs the ball more than any team in the league. Like in the regular season, they averaged 31 and a half rushing attempts per game. Against the Chiefs, they only ran the ball 16 times, and Lamar had eight of those carries. And it's frustrating. Like, I understand you're down. I understand things aren't exactly working offensively. But when you take away your strongest asset and don't run the ball, you're setting yourself up for failure. And that goes on Todd Munkin, which is a big reason why I refuse to put all the blame on Lamar because that's not fair. I'm more so upset at the play calling because if we were able to be balanced and not just abandon the run game, I think that this would have been a very different outcome or at least the offense would have been running more efficiently.
1: Uh, I mean, my number one is essentially everything that you just said, but just a different way of saying it. The Ravens got caught up trying to play catcher Patrick Mahomes. They got caught up in this aspect of you have to go big play for big play with Patrick Mahomes instead of just running your offense. Like you stated, they were the number one rushing team throughout the whole season. And they were running the ball a lot in the playoffs. And just because you got down, and you weren't even down big, but you got down, you decided to scrap that and try to go pass or pass with the Chiefs. And that's not that's not the way to beat them. You have to run the ball. Um, and I agree. I don't think it's all Lamar's fault. Yes, he threw um, a bad INT when he tried to hit Isaiah Likely, But – you like you let him down with the play calling, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: play calling was very problematic. Um, and then my number one is the AFC Chiefs belongs to the Chiefs. I mean, the AFC belongs to the Chiefs until the Chiefs don't want it no more. I don't have an explanation, that's really just it. Um, all right, who's your most off- impressive offensive player this weekend?
1: My most impressive offensive player, um. I'm going to go – I got to go Brock
0: Purdy. Really? I'm going to kill a Trav? Like, I know I'm going to get to the second half, Ravens defense in the second, but you catch all 11 of your targets for over 100 yards and a touchdown, and that touchdown was a great ball and a great catch because Kyle Hamilton was all over him. And then, like, that third down play, I mean, definitely kill a Trav. Nobody else on the Chiefs offense did anything, but he did enough. All right, who's your most uh, impressive defensive player?
1: Kyle
0: Hamilton. I love that guy. I just said the Ravens' second-half defense, no points scored. You called it. The Chiefs didn't score over 17 points. That proved to be enough, unfortunately. But they didn't score any points. They averaged 3.3 yards per play in the second half, and they only had five total first downs. Look, (laughs) I'm not blaming the defense for that loss. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm entirely on the offense, but this is what the Ravens defense has done all years, Play great. So it didn't shock me that this was the outcome, or at least their overall play was what it was. All right, who's your rookie of the week?
1: Uh, Jermaine Gibbs, aside from the fumble.
0: By default, I have to go Zay Flowers, even though I'm still mad about the fumble and I'm mad about the taunt because that was one of the – most blatant taunting penalties I've ever seen even though I think tone penalties are dumb just as he was doing it I knew it was going to be a flag
1: uh-huh.
0: but with all that being said I mean he did have a career high 115 yards he was the best skill position player on the field for Baltimore it's just frustrating that those two plays or those two instances kind of ruined it but he had an f- amazing game yeah and then uh, last but not least, who was your most disappointing player?
1: Most disappointing It's not even a player. It's the offensive play calling for Baltimore.
0: I'm going to say Lamar. And again, it's not even like overall performance. It wasn't great, but I mean, whatever. I can live with it mostly. But that interception, you called it bad. That's giving it too much credit. You start the drive within your own five-yard line. You do all the work to get into the red zone. And you throw it into triple coverage. There is no player on the Ravens offense who I am willing to throw the ball to in triple coverage. And I love Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is a bad dude. But I'm not doing it with Zay Flowers. I'm not doing it with Isaiah Likely. Mark Andrews, Nelson Aguilar, Odell, I don't care. And it was just like, we didn't need it. It's not like it was fourth down. It's not like it was like the last play of the game. If it's not there, just throw it away. And so we, and again, it was just so frustrating. We had worked so hard to get down there. And so when he threw that ball and it got picked, and I know people just say, well, it should have been past interference. You don't throw a ball in the triple coverage. And so I kid you not, after that play, like I said 20 times, Why did you throw that ball? It was so frustrating. So that's more so why I'm disappointed in Lamar than anything is the fact that he, in his mind, thought it was a good decision to throw that ball. (sighs) Sorry for my rant. But all right, let's move on to this week. Uh, It's Pro Bowl week. And honestly, I don't know about you, but I don't care about the Pro Bowl. Do you?
1: Absolutely. The last time I cared about the Pro Bowl, is what Sean
0: Taylor ended dude's life. That's a great boy. Honestly, the last Pro Bowl moment that no, there's two that were really significant to me. One is when Jeff Saturday, this is I think it was his last year, he was playing with the Packers. He came onto the yeah. field with the AFC to come out with Payton. That was cool. And then this isn't a good moment, but it will always stick out to me. I remember this was like six, seven years ago. Players were literally like walking. After the ball was snapped, it was a run play. And I think it was like J.J. Watt who like barely tackled the guy. Like you could tell the players didn't want to be there. And so in that moment, like when I tell you I totally checked out of the Pro Bowl, I've been out of it. I don't care. Like I honestly call it the loser bowl because that's who's all playing. Like there are some amazing, terrific, awesome players, some of the best players in the league. But y'all ain't in the Super Bowl, so that's why y'all are here. It is the loser bowl.
1: I'm sorry. What were I, you gonna say? I was just gonna say, I, to, to me, the game of football does, just doesn't work in the in a sense of an exhibition in no way forms of fashion. Right. Like if when I when I watch football, I want it to be at the highest competitive states. That is why my favorite games of the year, in my opinion, are the games that are the most competitive. My my favorite games in the regular season are always Ravens-Steelers games. And then my favorite games after that are games in the playoffs in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and this is not it. Like, at least with preseason games, they're exhibition games, but they're still competitive because people are fighting for a job. Yeah. Like, people are trying to, like, prove that they deserve to be in the NFL. The Pro Bowl is not that. So, yes, I don't care about the Pro Bowl. And so that's why we're kind of, like – Pretty much we're just gonna kind of breeze through the rest of this because there's really nothing else to say. Um, so but there were quite a few hirings, especially one today that kind of broke my heart. But let's run through uh some other ones first. Starting off with the Los Angeles Charters and Jim Harbaugh finding their new general manager, they're hiring Ravens director, of player personnel, Joe Horitz. Congratulations. Had yet another Raven being poached. Um the Carolina Panthers tab Dave Idzik the tight ends coach for the Carolina Pan—I mean for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their new OC. Browns hire former Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey to that same role. Bills promote Joe Brady to the full-time OC role. He took over for Ken Dorsey after he was fired. Uh, Bills promote linebackers coach Bobby Babbage as their new defensive coordinator. Uh, Eagles hire former Cowboys and Chargers offensive coordinator Kellen Moore to fill that same position. Um, the uh, Atlanta Falcons hire Zach Robinson, former coach of the Rams, quarterbacks coach, I believe, as their new offensive coordinator, as well as bringing over another Rams coach, Jimmy Lake, to serve as the Falcons defensive coordinator. And in breaking news today, the Seattle Seahawks Seahawks have poached Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their new head coach. Selfishly, I hate it. I wanted Mike Donald to still in Baltimore to lead this defense. But if I take my feelings out of it, this is an amazing hire.
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, I think it's a great hire. The only thing that's, that's really surprising, that's shocking to me so far about the coaching hires is one thing. Mike Vrabel hasn't been hired by anybody.
0: Now, to be fair, I don't even think he interviewed for this position. I think he did. Did he? I know he interviewed for Chargers. Uh, I don't know if he interviewed for this. I don't even know if he interviewed for the commander's job. Uh, yeah, no, he interviewed with the Falcons and he interviewed with Carolina. I don't see anything about Seattle.
1: Okay. And he, I mean,
0: yeah, I didn't see anything about Seattle.
1: Even still, that still is shocking to me that he didn't even have like the interviews. Like, I get, me and you talked about this a ton off air and I think on air. I get the Bill Belichick of it all. Like, Belichick is old. His coaching methods can be outdated. But, like, Mike Vrabel is still fairly a young coach and was in the prime of his career when he got let go. So, that was shocking to me.
0: I think it's more so with Vrabel, one of those things, where I think he's being really selective about where he wants to go. And I think that, like, let's be honest, if I'm Mike Vrabel, do I want to start from scratch and coach Carolina? do I want to start from scratch and have to coach Washington? No. Yeah, no. So I think it could be one of those things, like kind of a waiting game to see like a bigger job, cough, cough Dallas, like op- something like that opening up and him doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the hire for Seattle. Like I know I've talked about this and I feel like well, you have as well, but just like, how weird of a spot the Seahawks defense is like they have talent it's clear that they have talent on the defensive side of the ball but year in and year out they've just been bad and so now you get one of the best defensive coaches in the league to come take over and then you look at and they already have reasons like to be excited you know you have Bobby Wagner if he decides to resign I don't think he's going anywhere. Leonard uh, Williams, if you can bring him back. Uh, You have rookie, well, technically he's not rookie anymore, but Devin Witherspoon is there. Reek Wolin is still there. Jamal Adams, who you know they're going to use in a creative way there. Uh, Boye Mafe, who's uh, just had a really good second year in the NFL. Maybe the Quandre Diggs. Just like seeing what he was able to do in Baltimore, who, and you could argue that Seattle has more quote-unquote name-brand players than Baltimore's defense does. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do out there. But as it always goes, the first question is, is Geno Smith your quarterback? And honestly, I'd probably say no.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's one of them situations where even if Geno is your quarterback, like you just stated about the defense, like they have more names. Because it's also another name that you missed because I really like him as a player jordan brooks
0: yeah he's a free agent though that's why i didn't mention him i don't know if he's coming back
1: but if they can if they can find a way to get him and bobby back like that
0: you know what number. they're gonna do i'm gonna tell you what they're gonna do
1: they're gonna bring they're gonna get pq over there
0: yep and he gonna be and how and I know he how he's gonna spin it. I don't even gotta be in the room. He's like, "Hey, look, I know you love playing with Roe, but you were kind of playing second fiddle to Roe. Everybody looked at Roe as the leader. Everybody looked at Roe as the guy. You come here. This is your defense. This is your team. Cause even if even if you do have Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner's on his last legs. He's about to be on his way out. I hate it, but I, that's how I would spin it, and I know it would work.
1: Oh, hundred percent. But like, yeah, even if Geno is your quarterback, if you can get that deep if you can get that defense right with the pieces that they got, I feel like you can survive a year or two with Geno as your quarterback.
0: Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. One hundred percent. Especially cause you still got DK, you still got Tyler Lockett. The offense at least your tackles are set up. You need some guards, but you can find interior linemen. Um, oh, I forgot about Jackson Smith and Jigma, who had a pretty solid rookie year. Get you a tight end. Run game's good. Yeah. I don't think Seattle's going to win that division because, I mean, the 49ers are still there. But they definitely have a spot to be buying for a wild card.
1: Yeah. The, you also, we also missed one other hire. What? Arthur Smith.
0: Oh, it's OC. Yeah. Um, We talked about this off air, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about this. Definitely good for the run game, but – the more and we think about it and just kind of the history of Arthur Smith, what do you think happens at quarterback? Or, or say, I'll say it like this. If you had to put it in a percentage, how confident are you that Kenny Pickett will be their week one starter? 30. That's real. Because I'll say this. I think they're more likely to like bring in a veteran as opposed to drafting somebody. So if we get to like around the time of the draft and they don't really get a Kirk Cousins or a Russell Wilson or somebody like that, I think they're stuck with Kenny.
1: I I just think it's I just think it's too many options available that you can that you could potentially that you could potentially go forward with than sticking with Kenny Pickett. Like I think the most realistic option out of all of them that are presented is getting russell wilson um because i think i i don't i could potentially see them making a move for kurt but i think russell wilson is the more affordable option yeah for sure i also like me you just talked about this off air like and i i think russell would be the best fit for arthur Smith's offense but If the Bears are only asking for, like, a two and a three for Justin Fields, I would make that move.
0: And you know they're not getting more than, like, a two or a three.
1: Yeah. But, like, I would make that move because even though, like, he's shown more upside to me than can you pick it. And, like, I know you would have to pay him in the long run, but just think about it like this. What What if he, like, he makes the leap, And you potentially found your franchise
0: guy for a two or a three. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, me and my coworkers talk about this a lot. Like, I'm all for Justin Fields going to Atlanta. I think he would be perfect with the Falcons. But, I mean, same thing. I mean, I feel like with Arthur Smith, he could thrive, um, especially with that offense because he's not going to have to do everything and he's going to have a better receiving core. The offensive line is on the upswing because you know they're going to bring in another tackle. Um, and then their interior guards are pretty good. Run game is solid. Receivers are good. You got a really good tight end as well. It makes a lot of sense. But kind of like going back to the Kenny Pickett tip, I'm not going to lie to you. There is nothing I've seen from Kenny Pickett in these past two no. years that was like, you know what? He's a franchise quarterback. I like him. I'm a ride with him. I haven't seen anything that has made me feel like that. And that's not even being biased.
1: The, the only the only thing that Kenny Pickett had has had going for him is that he's had a couple of comebacks in games late in fourth quarters. But in my mind, I don't wanna have I don't want a quarterback that's gonna rise to the occasion in the fourth quarter every game. Like I want a guy like I want some victories where I know I won before the fourth quarter even hits. Yeah. And I think I think you can get that in Russell Wilson. And honestly, I feel like the way Justin Fields played towards the back half of the season, if you get that going for a full season and you pair that with the run game and you pair that with the weapons that the Steelers have, I would take that over Kenny Pickett any day.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's nothing about Kenny Pickett that inspires me. Like looking at the numbers last year, because uh, off air, you mentioned like if you could get 20 to 25 touchdowns out of him, that would be something. He has six touchdowns last year. Yeah. And four interceptions, and he started what? I know he got hurt, but still, he s- took snaps and started twelve games. And you can't do better than six touchdowns. Yeah, no, I'm good. Hard enough for me. I'm good.
1: I, I think Mason Rudolph had more touchdowns than him, and like, what? Yeah. How many
0: games? I'm I'm going to look this up because I I do think you are right. Um. But I'm gonna look this up in the mean in between time. But yeah, no, it's it's bad. And it just I just I just don't see anything. And it's crazy because I can say what I want about Ben Raiflesberger, but I I get at the this feels like Mason, I mean not Mason, Kenny Pickett feels the same as ben, Big Ben in his last couple years. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a shift. And he's significantly younger. He's not as beat up and b- battered and bruised. And yet, here we go. But, um, so he had, including the playoffs, he had five touchdowns and so, four starts.
1: I mean, and Kenny had six. six and uh, 12. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. He got a, no, it's over with. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, if I were if I were Pittsburgh, my my thought process is I'm either going for Russell, or I'm trying to get Justin Fields.
0: I'm getting somebody. You're not you're not going to be my starting quarterback. Like it's it's just not happening. Like Kenny, you can be a backup, but yeah, you know, that's that's the best I got for you.
1: Because offensively, they need a tackle. And they and they need a they need a center because they uh wasn't it
0: no yeah uh well James Daniels started at center I believe hmm? am I tripping was
1: I he, think he came on towards the end, like he came on I don't think he started the okay beginner. he
0: played guard primarily with this with yeah. y'all okay but um yeah no 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 offensive line like. Definitely need work. Like, obviously, you just drafted Broderick Jones. He's not going nowhere. Isaac Samula, you just paid him. He ain't going nowhere. Dan Moore is not it at left tackle. He, he got to go.
1: Yeah, he got to go. He, like you. You just need a you need a tackle and you need a center. And like, it's a good center out of Oregon that you might can get in the Jackson a Powers. Draft. You might can get him. And you might be looking at free agency to address tackle.
0: Yeah. It well, I think they probably do the draft. Like I can see that first round pick being used on a lineman. And then yeah. moving uh depending on who they get, moving Broderick to left tackle and whoever they draft to right. Yeah, no, they the Steelers got options. But it kind of goes back, and again, a lot of talk about the Steelers, but like it'd be one thing if they didn't have like offensive weapons. If let's say their offense was like the Titans, no disrespect. If Kenny Pickett only has six touchdowns and he look at the receivers he was throwing to in Tennessee compared to Pittsburgh, I'd be like, I would give him like a little bit more of a pass, but you have way more talent and this is what you do. Come on now. So yeah, Kenny's got to go selfishly. I hope y'all keep him. I I want him to stay in Pittsburgh, but if I'm looking at it from like just a football fan standpoint, nah, he got to, You ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. But, uh, all right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to NBA. Obviously, we'll save all NFL award predictions and Super Bowl stuff for next week. Um, So let's talk NBA, starting off with our Mamba Players of the Week. Um, Out of the Eastern Conference, I'm going Jalen Brunson.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Uh, My Western Mamba of the Week is Luka Dunchik. Yeah. And then rookie Mamba is Wimby
1: we three
0: for three. Three for three. All right, bet. Let's talk top three takeaways. Um, Number three for me, this time next week, the Lakers roster is going to look different. Why? Because Lay GM said so. I know LeBron can be quick to be like, oh, I'm not a general manager. I'm just a player, blah, blah, blah. It's like this with most star players and star athletes. If you want somebody's gone and you are the star, the face of the franchise, more times than not, that person is going to be gone. And when you're in LeBron, and you're LeBron James, it's an entirely different level of that. And so, yeah, this Lakers team that we've seen that's been getting shellacked. What? We lost to the Rockets and we just lost to the Hawks last night. Yeah, this team is going to look very different in the next few days.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. That's my number. I was just going to pick it back up. You for number three. This thing is going to look completely different. And I saw something that. I don't know. It's that was like it's starting to become the cycle of the Lakers. Beginning of the season, uh they they made the moves in the offseason, slash trade deadline before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're gonna look good. Regular season start, uh Dana need to make the moves. They make some moves, the Lakers won the trade deadline, playoffs hit, they lose. I don't know if that's gonna be the same thing. Because I think in this offseason, I mean, I think this trade line, they going to finally get, like, a viable, realistic third option that can really help. But this team ain't going to be the same come a week from now.
0: Can't be. Uh, number two for me is I don't think that the Knicks are going to win a ring or anything, but this feels like the best Knicks team that we've seen in a long time. Like, Jalen Brunson, like I said, he's my Eastern Mamba of the week. He's been playing lights out. And it seems like Tom Thibodeau has really got this team finally clicking on all cylinders. And I think that's probably in large part due to the OG and Anobi trade, just bringing a guy like him in. It kind of helps steady the ship and kind of bring in some consistency into this lineup. And then Julius Randle's handling his business. Josh Hart is being a solid presence off the bench. Like, just the role players are doing what they need to do. And, again, I'm not a Knicks fan by any means, but this Current Knicks squad, I think, is a reason for hope. Maybe not this year, but in the near future.
1: Uh, I was going to, mine's just Knicks related as well. Uh, Jalen Brunson is finally shutting up. Not even shutting up, but the whole the Knicks need a superstar. I think that narrative is starting to quiet because Jalen Brunson is becoming the superstar that they needed this whole time.
0: Facts. Um, and then uh, number one for me, fair or not, Joel MVP's case is more than likely closed. I said more than likely. I don't think he's going to win it, and it has nothing necessarily to do with him and his talent. I just think with the new rule and with the what knee injury he suffered last night, he was already on the brink of being ineligible. I just think it's going to be closed shut. You know, obviously, we're going to get to that more later on in the show, but I, I, I don't think he's going to win MVP, and it's not going to be necessarily his fault.
1: My number one... This time next year, those same rules that we're we're referencing will not be in place. Nah.
0: No, no, nah, they're not. <laughs> like again, we can we're we're gonna talk about it more later. But yeah, I I totally agree. But all right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to some roster moves. First things first. Uh, it was announced earlier today that Memphis Grizzlies and Spain. Basketball legend Mark Gasol is retiring from basketball after 20 professional seasons and 13 in the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies plan to retire his number 33 jersey. Um, he's a defensive player of the year winner, a three-time All-Star and made the All-NBA first team be- once in his career. I know this is touchy because I know there are some great Grizzlies, so many different eras. If you had to rank the Grizzly Legends, where would you put Marcus Gasol?
1: He in the top five. Um, I I'm gonna try I actually go in order. In my, in, in my personal opinion, I would say Zebo T A Mark Mike Ja.
0: Okay, I'm interested. Why why Tony over
1: Conley? I that one is more of a personal
0: thing. Okay, just cause his style I, of play.
1: I resonated more with Tony Allen than I did Mike Conley. That's real. So in some people's minds you could flip flop, but I I resonated with TA more. And another thing is I felt like out of those playoff teams, like Tony Allen was the heart and soul of those things, along with Zebo. I feel so that's, right.
0: too. that's real. That's real. But yeah, Marc Gasol, a terrific career. Congratulations on his retirement. And also, I will always be friends with Marc Gasol. One, because he's a fun basketball player. Big fan. But also, he was a catalyst in Paul Gasol eventually coming to Lakers. So, always going to be friends. Um, In other news, uh, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, has signed a contract extension that will keep him at the helm through the rest of the 2020s. Congratulations to him. I'm sure he got a bag that we will never know about. And then lastly, this isn't necessarily news, but the NBA trade trade deadline is going to be February 8th. As of right now, we're recording this on January 31st, so eight days from now. And y'all know we love to do some predictions, so top three uh, trade predictions ahead of the deadline. It doesn't necessarily have to be a specific player, just some things that we think are going to happen. Like, for example, I'll I'll start off with my number three. Uh, With the 76ers unsure of Joel Embiid's injury status, I think that they are finally going to pull the trigger on bringing in Zach Levine.
1: Oh, we're talking about trades?
0: Yeah, like trade deadline stuff. Stuff we think going to end up happening.
1: I think I'm going to go with the 76ers as well i don't think they're gonna bring in zach i think they're gonna bring in tomorrow
0: i can see that and as crazy as this sounded also wouldn't shock me if the bulls go another year without trading nobody even though they should um number two for me i think that this is going to be the year that the dallas mavericks make a splash at the deadline don't ask me who but I can see them potentially bringing in a big man, maybe a Jeremy Grant, somebody like that, just so they can feel like they might have that quote unquote big three, or at least that solid trio that they think can finally get them over that playoff hump and potentially make a run at it.
1: Um, This is where I think Oklahoma city might use some of these trade draft capital that they have not to necessarily get a star, but to get a key like, a uh, role piece more like a defensive minded, a bigger defender outside of Luke Dort because Luke Dort's been great. But I think, like, a guy I'm not gonna say like a Mikael Bridges because I don't think Brooklyn's gonna come off of him, but a guy in their similar mode was like a Mikael Bridges or OG Ananobi,
0: even though it's free Mikael Bridges because low key I felt bad for him when uh. It was what a Knicks and Nets game, and he was like, "It's crazy, it's a home game, but it feels like an away game." Like, it's not. Let's be honest, the Nets not winning. None. Like, free, free Michael Bridges. I hope he goes to the Grizzlies.
1: Boy, I'd be so happy.
0: I would, let's, let's make it happen. I don't, it's not gonna happen this year, but you know, one day. Um, and then number one, I alluded to it with the takeaways that the Lakers are gonna be different um, come this time next week. I think that they finally end up trading for DeJounte Murray. I know that reports are coming out that Quinn Snyder has been, like, lobbying to the front office to keep DeJounte. That's cool and all. But if somebody gives you an offer you can't refuse, you're going to take that offer. Especially because who it's no telling how long this current iteration of the Atlanta Hawks are going to stay together. So, yeah, I think DeJounte eventually becomes a Laker. That's right. But all let's go ahead and move on to some All-Star Weekend updates. This might be, I normally don't really care that much about All-Star Weekend, but this actually sounds cool. Um, Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionesco will go head-to-head in the first NBA versus WNBA three-point challenge during the All-Star Game. Uh, Sabrina Ionesco during All-Star Weekend in in WNBA broke the record for most points during the three-point contest. And Steph wants to see if, He has what it takes to beat her. I think that's gonna be fun. I think Steph wins, but barely.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the opposite route. I think Sabrina got one.
0: I would love that. That would actually be terrific for the WNBA. And then, um, now I'm not gonna. I'm gonna snitch on myself. Did they do this last year where they drafted for the Rising Star teams, or was it like Mm -hmm. Team World versus Team USA? I'm gonna
1: be honest with you. I have no. I, I have no clue. Party. I didn't. I didn't like. I. I'm gonna be in. In some essence, I don't care about the All Star Game just like I don't care about the Pro Bowl. I watch the actual game itself, but like I don't. I'm not invested in. it. Honestly, I haven't been invested in the NBA since all the players on the Grizzlies got hurt this year. Being real,
0: I feel that. I haven't watched an all-star game since Kobe's last one. So that should tell y'all everything you need to know. Um, well cool. Well, this year regardless, I don't know if it's first time or not, but the All-Star, well the Rising Star game is going to be done in draft fashion. It's going to be uh four teams, it's going to be four seven player teams. It's going to be NBA rookies and sophomores who'll be drafted onto three teams and then the NBA G League will comprise their own fourth team. And so, I thought why not make our own draft out of it? Um if you want, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but I can send you the pool of like players who are going to be playing, and we can go back and forth and pick our seven players. Okay, cool. That works. Let me send this to you. Then I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm doing all this. Am I going to watch the Rising Star game? Probably not. Um, But yeah, Ethan, you can have the first pick, and I feel like I, I probably know who you're going to go with,
1: but... First pick... I'm not going to go with who you think I'm The first pick, I'm going to Paolo Ben
0: Dang, I was kind of hoping you didn't do that. All right, bet you got Paolo. I will go. I'll be basic. Go ahead and give me Wimby.
1: Give me Ted. All
0: right, I'll go. Mm, I'll go scoop.
1: All right, I got my front cord. Let me see. Give me Shaden Shark.
0: Okay. I'll go Walker Kessler.
1: Give me. uh I feel like I'm picking nothing but sophomores. It's crazy. Uh. Give me Brandon Miller. Okay.
0: I'll go... I'm going to go Keegan Murray. I'm
1: going to go Jaden Avery.
0: Okay. Let's see. I got my small. I probably should go ahead and get me a point. Dang. Um... I'll go Jalen Jacaz.
1: I'm gonna go Keontae George.
0: I will go uh Jalen Williams. And you got one more player. One more player.
1: I am going to go Jordan Hawkins.
0: And my last pick will be – I'll go – I'll go Benedict Bathroom. So the teams are – you got Paolo Benchero – Benchero, sorry, Chet Holgram, uh, Shaden Sharp, Brandon Miller, Jaden Ivy, Keontae George, and Jordan Hawkins. And my team is – Victor Womenyama, Scoot Henderson, Walker Kessler, Keegan Murray, Jamie DeKeys, Jalen Williams, and Benedict Matherin. It'll be interesting to see how the actual team's set up because I know two of the coaches are Tamika Ketchens and Paul Pal Gasol. I don't remember who the other two team coaches are. But it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And then... um. What was I going to say? All-star game is back to East-West format. They haven't listed, like, who the reserves are going to be. But I'm not going to lie. This last week did kind of reaffirm that Jalen Brunson should have been a starter. Yeah. All right, last thing. Uh. Well, last couple things for move on to a Rumble recap featuring Embryo. Uh. Starting things off with our game of Believable or Buffoonery. This past week has been a scoring flurry from cats phony 62 joellen b dropping 70 luca had what 73 uh devin booker has 62 everyone was scoring and scoring in bunches and so it's got some players thinking that this could reach new heights such as demar Derozan says somebody going to score 100 before this season is over is that believable or buffoonery
1: i'm i'm going to say buffoonery because as much as this NBA is offensive driven, I feel like the players' prize will step in before they let somebody score 100 points.
0: Also, I think players are kind of selfish to where if somebody's scoring 100 of your points, nobody else on the team realistically is going to have more than 10. Yeah. And nobody's going to let that slide. So I'm going to call Buffoonery on that as well. Um, Next up, let's talk Joel Embiid, who, after putting forth a really dominant performance against the Nuggets in Philly a couple weeks back, he was unable to play in their rematch in Denver. Um, Apparently, he wasn't on the injury report until 15 minutes before the game and ended up not playing, leading to an investigation by the NBA. Michael Malone, head coach of the Denver Nuggets, said, I don't know how you go from being active available to out. I'm sure the league will do their due diligence because that's frowned upon. Fun fact Joel Embiid has not played in Denver uh since November 8th, 2019. And it's got people thinking is Joel Embiid ducking the Denver Nuggets?
1: Oh, uh, I don't I'm gonna say buffoonery simply because like Whenever, whenever they play, like, in Philly, he still get, he still get them the business.
0: Yeah. Like the, I'm sorry, keep like, going.
1: And I was going to say, like, the last game, even, like, he dropped, what, 40 and 20 or 40 and 18? I think like,
0: 43
1: so and gonna, 18. Yeah, so, like, and I I, even if they lost, like, it ain't like he's, He's like getting dominated. Yes, the joke, I think, had like 27 20 and some assists. But in my mind, it's, a, it's that in my mind, when I think of superstars, that is the most even matchup out of superstars in the whole NBA for a position.
0: Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, I'm gonna say buffoonery as well. I mean, I'm sure it's gonna get to the talking points and it's, it's a fair conversation. But at the end of the day, it'd be one thing if he didn't play them at all. Like, but he has played the Nuggets. He just hasn't played them in Denver. Maybe it's an altitude thing or whatever. But I'm going to say buffoonery. I don't think he's ducking the smoke. Um. So following Luca's great 63-point game this past – well, 73-point game this past Friday, he got a lot of praise, uh, specifically from his head coach, Jason Kidd, who said he's better than Dirk. He's in the atmosphere of MJ, the best to ever do it, LeBron kobe we're not even going to get into the whole goat debate because that's false but it does inspire an interesting question about who is the better player for the mavericks luka dunchik or dirk nowitzki
1: i'm going Dirk to luka win a title
0: agree like i think that i'll say this in terms of being more talented I'm not going to lie. Obviously, Luca's more talented. I prefer Dirk Nowitzki as a player, but nobody can deny Luca's talent. But until you bring me a ring, it doesn't matter. Because on a very, like, on a side note, I don't watch Cam Newton's podcast or whatever, but there was a clip going around that he was saying how he had talked to people in Baltimore, and they were saying that Lamar Jackson means more to Baltimore than Ray Lewis.
1: They smoking the goodest crack out there. Yeah,
0: I don't believe that. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Cause like uh who was it? Ocho Cinco and uh Shannon Sharp had a conversation about it. It was like, I mean, it also shows people's ages of like who you talk to. But also, like, don't get me wrong, like Lamar is exciting and Lamar is a quarterback. Sure, you want to give credit to a quarterback, but Ray Lewis is a whole nother beast. A, a whole look, nother monster
1: i look me me and my wife over the course of last year we we watched the wire whatever whatever product they were selling on the wire that's what they smoking
0: yeah nah and i get it everybody loves the quarterback quarterbacks are great blah 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 may i'll say like this maybe if lamar won a super bowl this year or if he wins a super bowl you might have that conversation, but right now, hell no. Nah. Because if we're being honest, and I know I'm going to get attacked by people, and I'm sure some Ravens fans are going to look at me crazy, but Joe Flacco's done more for Baltimore than Lamar Jackson has. And until uh-huh. until Lamar gets a ring, that's not changing.
1: 100%. Like, I ain't even a, I ain't even a Ravens fan, but this Super Bowl run that Joe Flacco had, that
0: one playoff run, Whew him that man a lot of money. He did it at the perfect time. It was a contract year. Lamar, man, this felt like the year. But until then, no. So, yeah, that's why I brought that up because, again, like the whole Dirk-Luca thing reminded me of that conversation. But our right, last question before we make our game picks. Again, something else we alluded to. But before the season started, the NBA um, announced a rule that tried to describe Courage, play, player management, I mean, load management. And essentially, the ru- rule is players have to play at least 65 games in order to be in el- I mean, eligible for postseason awards. Like MVP, All-NBA teams, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Rookie Year, things like that. And at the time, it sounded like a good idea. Until the games actually started and some of the top players have been missing significant action. A prime example is Joel Embiid, who many would say right now is the MVP favorite and rightfully so. However, he's already missed 12 games and you can't miss more than 17 to be eligible for (laughs) postseason awards. Tyrese Halliburton is in the same boat. He's also missed 12 games and he only has five more games to spare. Um, Other players who are close to the brink, Jimmy Butler, who's missed 15, Jamal Murray, who's missed 14, Bam Adebayo, who's missed 10. Um, And then players who are already ineligible, Kyrie Irving, Tyler Hero, LaMelo Ball, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Ja Morant, like the list goes on and on and on. And so with all this happening, it's gotten players kind of speaking out about this. For example, uh, Tyree Tyler Burns said he thinks it's a stupid rule. And his team, I mean, Philadelphia 76ers players were said they were never asked about this rule being implemented in the first place. So, believable or buffoonery, is the new rule coming back to bite the NBA? Yeah,
1: I think so. Because, I mean, I think the thing of it is they implemented that rule to stop low management. But it also, it's an 82-game season. People are going to have legitimate injuries. So, like, you're, on one hand, like, let's take the Clippers, for instance, because they, I feel like the rule was really for
0: them. yeah
1: for them. So, like, you, I don't know how many games Kawhi and Paul George have missed, but I feel like it hasn't been nearly as many as it has been in the past. If you want to look it up, you can. Yeah, I got you. But, but I feel like they've been on the court more and, like, been, and been playing. But then outside of the whole situation with the Nugget, with the Nuggets this past week, like, I feel like Joel Embiid has had, like, actual injuries. And, you can, and like, he was out for illness. So on one hand, you have guys that you want to play playing, but on the other hand, when dudes, when people have legitimate reasons not to play, it's costing them like major incentives to their like chicks.
0: Yeah. So Kawhi Leonard has missed four games this year. He's played 41 out of 45 and Paul George has played. Un momento, por favor. He has played in it's loading. Uh, 43 games so he's only Missed two I think that I understand the creation Of the rule at the time I thought It was a good rule but now we're Starting to see that like you said Like there are some players who are legitimately Hurt and it's a matter of Finding that balance of We don't want players to Have load management but we don't want The legitimately hurt players to Suffer especially ones who are Playing really well like Tyrese Halliburton Like he's having a terrific year, but if he misses five more games, pretty much, I'm not saying everything he's done this year is for naught, but he's not going to get the recognition that he rightfully deserves because of this rule. And it sucks because he's not a guy who's known for load managing. If anything, this is the first year that he's really, really starting to turn some heads and really starting to gain that national attention. Joel Embiid, we both mentioned, like, has been playing at an MVP level, but he misses five more games. He's not going to win it, and I think it's inevitable he's going to miss five more games just because we have almost half of the season to go. And so I think it's really just about finding that happy medium of, like, Maybe players can miss 60 games because also I didn't know this until earlier this week, but in order for a game to count players have to play 20 minutes. If they don't play 20 minutes, it doesn't count towards like going towards these awards, which I think the NBA is going to have to kind of get rid of that too, because 20 minutes is a long time, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, but 20 is almost a half the game.
1: I feel like they just recently changed it. Cause I, I think, If I'm not mistaken, it was a couple years ago, I think it was Drew Holiday, he was on the books, he played the game and fouled so it can count, so he can be on like an all-defensive team or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was a new change. This was a part of the change with like the 65 game rule. Okay. So yeah, no, this is very new. And it's like... I understand, like, if you got a back-to-back or it's getting close to the playoffs, like, if you want to kind of rest, guys, I get it. I don't think making them play 20-plus minutes is, like, conducive to that, especially if it's, like, a game that, in all aspects, doesn't really matter. So, yeah, we both agree, like, I think it's going to come back to bite them. So do you think that this rule is going to be completely out of the league next year, or do you think they're going to find a way to try to, like, balance it and, like, make t- make changes to it so they can keep it, but also combat against low management?
1: I think they're gonna try to figure out ways to tweak it. I don't think they're gonna just say like, oh, we're gonna go back to what it was. Because then if you do that, then you're gonna have things low managing all over again. Okay. I think they're going to feed they're going to attempt to like um balance it out. But I don't yeah, I think it's gonna be a process.
0: And so if you had to guess or in your number what's a fair number of games players has to play in order to be eligible for awards i think 60 solid you get 22 games
1: yeah i would say 60
0: and then i would probably get rid of the minutes thing like i would say 10 minutes for it to count as opposed to 20
1: yeah or like if you're sitting out it being legitimate reasons as to why you're out. Like, let, like let's take the Clippers for it. Not even the Clippers. Let's take the Grizzlies, for example. Before, like I'll say last season, before um, like this season when everybody got hurt, it was times where dudes were sitting out for thigh soreness and stuff like that. Like, if you don't sit out, like, it has to be like listed as a legitimate reason, and I know you can finagle it. I still agree with you with the 60, but like, let your reasons that you're sitting out be actual reasons and not stuff that you can actually play.
0: I think it'll be interesting to see, like, how not how the NBA polices it, but how do you prove somebody's got a legitimate injury? You know what I'm saying? Because, like. There's 30 NBA teams. You can't send a doctor out to every team to make sure whoever, whatever player it is, like if they say they're hurt, that you legitimately check and see that they're actually hurt. You know what I mean? Like a Joel Embiid situation versus the Nuggets. Like him ending up on the practice, uh, the injury report, 15 minutes before the game, you can't immediately check that. And so it'll be interesting, like not saying players and teams are lying but it'll be interesting to see how the NBA like deals with that going forward because it does have a low management problem. You do need the best players on the court, but there has to be a happy medium. But you, then again, you're never going to please everybody. Somebody's going to have something to say about it regardless of what you do. But I think 65 is proving this year that it's not working. Yeah. But all right, let's make our nightly game predictions. Uh, starting off with the the uh, Chicago Bulls versus the Charlotte Hornets. I got Bulls. Bulls. Los Angeles Clippers versus the Washington Wizards. I got Clippers.
1: Clippers.
0: Detroit Pistons versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. I got Cavs. Cavs. Sacramento Kings versus the Miami Heat. I'm going Heat. Kings. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans versus the Houston Rockets. Um, flips coin. I'll go Pelicans. Rockets. Dallas Mavericks versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't think Kyrie Irving is playing, so I'm gonna go Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Uh, Orlando Magic versus the San Antonio Spurs. I'm going Magic. Magic. Denver Nuggets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm gonna go Nuggets. Nuggets. Uh, Phoenix Suns versus the Brooklyn Nets apparently are the are the nets trying to give kd a tribute video
1: that's what they said and kd was like nah i don't do it
0: yeah because he don't need one what has he done to deserve a tribute video
1: i don't know i'm so i, I think earlier i mentioned because the, a big another reason why i'm starting to like like not like football is becoming my main sport. A big part of it is I feel like the NBA does a lot of unnecessary things. Like, you're giving giving this man... It'll be different if you say, like, hey, if it was like KD and OKC. Right. I'll even say KD and and Golden State.
0: For sure, he he won rings.
1: But this is the dude that I mean he yes you can say he almost took y'all to the NBA finals if his foot was a half inch smaller. But like K D didn't do nothing to deserve no tribute video. Like people just getting random tribute videos. You can't play defense in the NBA like I'm I'm going to be honest. From the bat from the from a basketball standpoint, the NBA has turned me into the old man on the lawn to an extent.
0: I get it. I get it. Like, I mean, football's always been my favorite sport. But the game has just changed so much. And it's just, like, everything's a foul. You can't play defense. Nobody, Everybody's just chucking up threes. Like, it's just...
1: There's no variety.
0: None. Every team plays almost exactly the same way.
1: And the only outliers, in my opinion, are the seventy sixes and the Nuggets because they have generational talents. Yeah, the center.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. Like, and I, I would even give the Nets a pass. It'd be one thing if like KD started his career in Brooklyn yeah. and moved on, but he was there. Was he even there three seasons? Like, let me rephrase that. Did he actually play three seasons? So I know his first year there he didn't play. I think...
1: At best, he was there two and a half, and I don't even think he played two and a half seasons
0: worth of games. Oh, I I know he couldn't have because his first year when he left uh Golden State, he didn't play. I think his second year was the foot on the line, and then that next year, like halfway, like he got traded, right? Because this is his I, second year in Phoenix, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it Brooklyn. Save y'all time. Don't don't make those media people have to come up with a video. What's the video gonna be? Like, that's silly. That's stupid. Um, yeah. On to other things. Uh, Dame is going back to Portland for the first time since being traded. Um, Bucks versus Trailblazers. I got Bucks. Obviously. How many points you think Dame put up tonight?
1: Uh. I'm going to say, so like, 26.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be nothing too crazy. Um, uh, I feel like I had another basketball question, but it just slipped my mind. But, yeah. All right, now let's go ahead and move on to some WWE talk. And uh, welcome Embryo onto the show. All right, now moving on to some WWE discussions. Y'all know we had to bring back my Embryo. My Embry bro, my Embry Ho. Chris Waters, how you doing, Embryo? What's
2: going on? I'm doing good How you doing?
0: Better now that I know more about you. Um, <laughs> don't start no, don't I'm, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not I, I said <laughs> once we started this that was done. Um but yeah, Royal Rumble. I didn't even ask. I'm assuming you finished it because I know you didn't watch it live.
2: Yeah yeah, I finished it. I watched it uh, in this entirety.
0: okay, party like a rock and a star. Uh, We're going to get to that. But first, we have to get through a domino effect that has come post-WrestleMania. I mean, not WrestleMania. Good gosh. Royal Rumble. (laughs) And that is the fact that CM Punk has torn his triceps during uh, the Men's Royal Rumble and is believed to be out for at least the next four to six months. For those of you who watch Raw, you saw him uh, open the show and Drew McIntyre being the great heel he is, like stomped on his arm. And uh CM Punk essentially said, better luck next year. And so let's 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 talk about the domino effect of this. Cause I'm pretty sure all every wrestling fan in their mind said, okay, we're gonna get Roman and Cody, CM Punk and Seth. Now it's guaranteed we're not getting CM Punk and Seth. So let's start off with the Seth Rollins effect. I know we saw Cody. Like I mean I know we saw him in the ring with Cody and he was trying to tell Cody to challenge him. I think we can both agree Cody's not challenging him, right? Do we? Are we at that? Yeah, understanding? I agree. I agree. Okay. He
2: beat Seth what three times? Two times three? Yeah. That's and also three?
0: like doesn't matter. But he was right. I'm sorry. Seth Rollins calling, bringing up Hulk Hogan like bash the WWE Universal Undisputed whatever champ, championship. That was my favorite part of Raw, um, because you know <laughs> we know how we feel about Hulkamania. Um, so domino effect if not cm punk then who i know we kind of talked about this off the show but like we got what 60 some days to wrestlemania and seth has to have an opponent assuming he is going to be good for mania who is the next best option to face him
2: yeah, we did talk about this, you know, and I've been saying, you know, we, this is just crazy because, like you said, Seth, CM Punk, perfect. Seth gets injured. Yeah. And, perfect. He, and me thinking, me thinking like, you know, hey, he, I, we're not, it's not guaranteed he, he can make it, but let's say he do. Cool, still going to be Seth and CM Punk. What? CM Punk is injured. So, you know, I was thinking Drew, especially after last night, Drew Hill. I know they, they didn't fall already, but Drew's heel work has just been amazing. Saying that he prayed for it. Um, that he slept like a baby when he found out CM Punk was injured. And uh, just saying he's going to live CM Punk dream again. And I think it's just a good story. Have him go to WrestleMania. Hopefully Seth makes it. I really hope he does. And he beats up for the championship and holds it till CM Punk comes back. Then it'd be a good storyline to tell because CM Punk already said when he comes back, he's coming for him. So that's just a long storytelling te- story booking that I really want to see. So I'm choosing Drew, even though they had not already fought before. I'm choosing Drew.
0: I would love Drew for obvious reasons. But as you like to mention to me all the time, he hasn't signed a contract extension. So yeah, <laughs> unless he signs a contract extension – They're not putting a title on him, first and foremost. He's not getting a title, and they're not going to have him have a lengthy title reign. Now, y'all know me personally. I love me some Drew McIntyre, especially as a heel. I want him to be champion forever. Not forever, but you get what I'm saying. Um, Storyline-wise, that would be really good. I just don't want CM Punk as a champion, especially... And like, if I'm WWE, I'd be scared to put a title on CM Punk because like your first real match back and you Agreed. get hurt, like, and then what you think is going to happen if I put a title on you, bro? Like, hey, it's.
2: I, I agree with you. I didn't, I wasn't cutting you off. I'm just agreeing. I, I go after you. I was agreeing.
0: But, yeah, so in that retrospect. But, yeah, in terms of, like, long-term storytelling, it makes the most sense. Or if you want to have him, like, cost Drew a title opportunity or something like that, that would be a cool story to tell. Um, or, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you how I would book it, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least CM Punk and Drew. Drew makes it to Money in the Bank. Looks like he's going to win it. Nobody else is in the ring. Then you hear... And then, yeah. CM Punk comes out. Cost him the Money in the Bank briefcase. And he ends up winning it. Because, you know... We've seen this happen before. Somebody who's not even the match wins the match. Cough, cough. Brock Lesnar. Exactly, yeah. And so, that's how I would book that. Um, But in terms of Seth... I already told you what it was. I still think Gunther is the next best option because on Raw, well, one, because Gunther versus Seth will be very good. And like Gunther said a couple weeks ago, like their paths have yet to cross since they both became champion. And I understand the whole, well, what do you do with the Intercontinental Championship? You can have Gunther lose the title or just double book him. Who cares? We've seen it happen before. WrestleMania is two nights. you telling me he can't wrestle back-to-back nights? Um, And so with all that being said, I think that Gunther is the next best choice just to do something different because looking at the Raw roster, I don't think there's anybody else who you would take serious as a contender that Seth hasn't already beaten. And so that would be my choice. And if not Gunther, I could see, um, what's his name, Damian Priest doing it because we saw, what was this? SummerSlam, when he uh had the money in the bank briefcase to say, you know what, I'd rather just get, get my guaranteed match with Brock. I think Brock was a champion at the time. I could see Damian Priest do that. All of his cash in attempts have been interrupted in some capacity, and he could get sick of it and say, you know what, screw this. I want to make sure I get my match. So, as of now, those are the two most realistic options for me.
2: I mean, I like them. Um, to the CM Punk note, you didn't say it. You said, I agree with you with that. Um, I know you don't watch AEW, but I'm, if I'm correct, both times you know he won the belt, or at least almost every time he won the belt, he injured himself. He never held the belt long at all. He, he got injured, like, the next day he was like, I have to drop the belt when he won it. So his body's just breaking down. He's just getting older. Um, he took off a very long time. So He's like off 45, time, I think. He's old. Yeah, and, the, and you, you just have not be taken off, you know. That, taking off that long time, your body is now relaxed. Even though he did some UFC stuff, you know, like, you know, he he he, he took off. So the, your body's not used to that punishment anymore. Then to come back at, he probably came back when he was like 44, probably 43. Um, you know, he just can't go as hard as he used to. And it's funny, was well, not funny he got injured, but he was taking them chops by Drew in the World Rumble, I'm like, I hope he don't get injured. I promise you, I was thinking that. I was like, I hope he does not get injured. And he ended up getting injured. Um, I mean, I, I told you, I like the Gunther match. I just don't want him to drop the Intercontinental Championship until WrestleMania. And I feel like he's done such a great job with that belt and that championship that, you know, if he loses it, somebody should win it off him at WrestleMania. That's how important that championship is now. He done Enough? a great job. And, um, I, I feel like you can still do, do it, both, but... though. No, I, I'm not... That's what I was about to say. You know, I told you I want to do it, but that's not the point right now. If you... So when you say double book, are you saying... Because I don't see... They they can't do Celts and um, Gunther on night, two because, you know, there's Cody and Roman. So how would they double book that? Would he... Like, explain. How, how would they double book that if he's still an Intercontinental Champion?
0: You could still just have... Well, technically... You can't have him main event because I hate when they say double main event. Like, no, there's only one main event, the main event is the last match of the card. So, you could have Seth and Gunther open up Saturday night, the night one, and then, all right, win or lose, whatever, which he'll probably lose, but fast forward to the next night, especially if he does lose. Like, you know what? I still have to defend my championship, my intercontinental championship against. Whoever that may be, you could still do it. I don't know. I, I mean,
2: I'm not saying it's not possible. That's not what I'm saying. I just, I don't see that happening. I just don't. I mean, I don't honestly, it. it
0: wouldn't shock me if they he dropped the title beforehand.
2: But to who? Like I know you said. Well, I know you said Jay. I just don't. We had to, like. So we did, we went in detail with this. I don't see Jay winning it. Only because I don't. It wouldn't hurt for him to have that championship going against Jimmy at WrestleMania. Like, that wouldn't hurt. I just don't you see you rather see that him defend happening. it. I get it. I hear you. I don't you. see that happen. I mean, if he, if he had the championship and fought Jimmy at WrestleMania, he would be defending it. I mean, it wouldn't matter if Jimmy won, he'd just be on Raw or whatever. You know, they could easily switch that. Also, his wife is back, so we got to see what show she's going to be she on. She's going to be on
0: SmackDown. They already she She's going
2: to be on SmackDown. Yeah, they okay, don't cool.
0: split up married couples.
2: Uh, okay okay cool I also didn't realize uh, they both came out at number two I thought that was pretty sweet oh, but, was uh, <laughs> I didn't notice that until like, I saw like saw it like on the internet but uh, I just don't I just don't see Jay doing it you know I see Jay as being a high title contender don't get me wrong but I, I can see him like doing a great match and Jimmy and I think you brought this up Jimmy costing him yeah like
0: elimination chamber yeah I said yeah, that to
2: build that, more, to build that up more for WrestleMania because I definitely love the tease with them starting off the rumble I love that they didn't do much after that, which I hate it, but uh, I guess I'll just be happy with what I
0: got. But um, I already told you what, like, my other Intercontinental Championship match is. Uh, remind me. Oh, it'll be Ludwig.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 you did say Ludwig. which uh, would be a great match, don't get me wrong. I just... I... They'll have to do a lot with building him up right now. I know you, and I know how you said they could do it. Um, it was just been teased like all year, you know, him getting down on both of them, you know. So it could definitely happen, but I feel like they got to put more steam behind it. They're going to do it, which they have time. They have they're time. They're not too to much. Do it. So, They have time to do it. So if that happens, okay, I got to see it. Um, but we all know what I wanted. So.
0: Yeah. It's And as of right now, I'm looking at Z roster. And, uh, your boy Sheamus is still on SmackDown, so...
2: It don't matter. It, it, look, they got easily say they traded. They traded. Go ahead and... Tra- well, they don't have to trade Cody now because he won, though he can choose who he wants. But they can easily do a trade. Cody Come for Sheamus
0: now. is not a fair trade at all, even if it was one. I mean, they did, uh... Who they traded? They traded, uh... Kevin Owens for Jay. That's a good trade.
2: That's a good trade. I mean, if you always want to put Sammy back with, uh... You want to put Sammy back with KO, you can trade them. No. Because
0: there's just no process to I, the I, I, gonna do Embryo, I'm going to tell you something. Embryo, I'm going to say something very do? honest and very truthful with you. Until they split those titles, I don't want to see any more new tag teams. What is the point? There's only one champion and 100 different tag teams.
2: I agree with you. I agree with you. It worked for a while. Um, but now that they're starting to put more... Into the tag team division, it looks like a little bit. Yeah, you can go ahead and split them titles back up because, like, it is hurting some people. Like, um, my favorites, uh, some of my favorites, um, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Yeah. the Street Profits, them to to build that favor up, they could have easily put those titles on them, you know, on SmackDown. Yeah. You know, something to do, you know, because they got tag teams on SmackDown. They got the, um, you no, know, the LWO. They're on NXT now. But, well, um, technically,
0: they're on SmackDown too.
2: They don't smack down. You got the new Karen Cross, which I actually like that statement, Karen Cross with I AOP. I do too, with AOP, yeah. because like, yeah. I like uh, AOP with Seth when he had them. But uh, uh, a- AOP just ain't got that dumbness with them. They just big guys. Like, they will destroy straight. But, um, like, you know, they we got a lot of tag teams, you know. You got Andrade when well, he signed with Raw. You know, yeah, like, you, you can split those titles up, you know. But I told you they weren't going to lose one day. I, t- I told you. Oh, yeah, they, I didn't they think they were going
0: to lose either. I said I wanted them to.
2: Oh, I, I could have sworn you said you was like they're gonna lose. No, no, no. I said gonna, I wanted gonna them to know that you set lose. up Damien Priest versus Finn Balor. No I, said, no, I said
0: no. I said that was set up pause the movie and rewind. Let me backtrack. When I mentioned <laughs> Damian Priest and Finn, I said how you set that up is Damien Priest tries to cash in and Finn cost him the match. And then okay. you set it up like you you think you run something you don't run nothing do you know who i am i'm finn balor i've done this 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 and this and this what have you done like oh, that's a good point yeah and then you set that up at wrestlemania that's I how i, I would I look that
2: that's what, they need to do something with my boy Dom. even though i like I, you never responded but he was supposed to eliminate brock i think <laughs> yeah, we'll,
0: be we'll, uh, yeah well we'll uh yeah we'll get to that okay speaking of getting to that <laughs> Well, yeah, that's how we would book WrestleMania and the Seth Rollins thing. But, you know, I don't know. Paul, a.k.a. Triple H, he, don't, he hasn't been answering our phone calls lately. So we'll see what he decides to do, even though I think we both gave him some great options um, as yeah, to how to book it. the show. Uh, but let's talk about a show that he already booked, and that is the Royal Rumble. Uh, for those of you who listened early in the show, I did a brief recap. But now it's time for, like, a real recap to, like, more nuanced thoughts. Because Ethan gave his takes. Now it's time for us to give ours. Uh, The show starts off with Bayley winning the Women's Royal Rumble, despite damn near giving me a heart attack. Roman (laughs) Reigns' historic title reign lives on. Uh, The referee all of a sudden wants to have 2020 vision, leading to a disqualification (laughs) for Kevin Owens, which you should have saw me when the ref disqualified him. I was sitting up here having a fit because I was like, yes, I knew it. And then whatever. Um, And Cody Rhodes uh, proves to be more punk than CM and wins his second straight Royal Rumble. Embryo, you better thank your lucky stars for the tiebreaker because that's what won you the show. You, I chose Bailey, didn't it? Uh, to know what did it for you was Jimmy Uso coming in second. that's what did it, and then because Ethan has said Chad Gable, and Chad Gable wasn't even in the show, so, so yeah. I
2: chose Jimmy.
0: Yeah, you because I chose Jay. He
2: was like, no ye. He was like, no ye.
0: Because I chose Jay coming in. My people were Becky and Jay. You had Bailey and Jimmy. And Ethan had, I don't remember, but one of them, like I said, Chagade wasn't even on the card. And I think Liv Morgan, something like that. So Yeah, he did have Liv Morgan. He
2: had Liv Morgan.
0: So either way, you won the tiebreaker, so congratulations. I
2: told you you what was going to happen. I told you this is a brand new year. I'm coming. I'm coming out hot. You hear me? Like you're not stopping me this year. You're not. You're not end,
0: going to win. But at the but, end
2: of the year, you're gonna be like Chris. You won. I'm like I told you at the beginning. I okay. told
0: you. Okay. When that doesn't happen, just remember this conversation. Um. But yeah. So <laughs> let's start off with the positives. What was your favorite match on the card? Oh, the women's
2: world rumble. Uh, hands down. Uh, I the, I the they build up the men's storylines a little bit more but i will tell you the women came they went out there and showed out like i was watching it and i'm just like everybody did their part i enjoyed it very much them having the tna women's champion there i thought was amazing and she did that was a nice job i like yes she didn't get eliminated easily or fast they let her show her work which i like um it was just amazing the way people i told you this way people got eliminated was very creative like um ESP, how she got eliminated. Her hone on her hair. Yeah. Then Bailey kicking her out. That was a great how one. How Liv, Liv Morgan, eliminated. Um. Jade. Jay Cargill was pretty good. Then Bailey kicking her out. How Becky Lynch got eliminated. Um, with her, uh, with Jay Cargill grabbing Naomi, uh, yeah, Naomi, and uh, swinging her into. Uh, Becky. Now like, to be fair, I really like a lot of those eliminations. I'm she sorry to interrupt. Low know, key, Jay
0: should have threw Becky out after she eliminated Nia Jackson. Becky was looking like all excited, like she did something. Yeah. That would have <laughs> yeah. been her time. Jay, be like, girl, we not on the same team, and then just yeah. fling her. Um, Jay, didn't
2: look at her. <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with you though. The women's rumble was mine. Um, I have a new category, which low key I don't know why we haven't been doing this for WrestleMania. But who was your favorite return slash entrant that you weren't expecting?
2: Return slash entrant? Oh, uh, hmm. I'm gonna. Even though you said no, no, I, I'm gonna say her because I, because I didn't, I wasn't positive she was gonna be in there, and her coming out is number two. Because like when I was watching it, which you know I watched it later the next day, I didn't know. I, I literally stayed off of social media, so I, I, so I wouldn't know what happened. And I didn't you know?
0: text you. You didn't
2: text me either, which I'm so proud of you, by the way, so proud. Um, when I saw her coming out, because I ain't seen her entrance in forever, I was like, "Is that what I think it is?" Like, because I knew her music, but I didn't for a second. And then I saw her light up. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like she's back. So that was like my favorite entrance in, and um, surprise. Um, live at number thirty was shocking because I was wondering who number thirty was gonna be. Me too. Live, out I... I like live. as number thirty. I have no problem with it. Which I. I even though it's been on social media, I already knew this. The past two years, she has been in the final three. So hopefully she wins. She got a win in her future.
0: Look, I, I wasn't mad at Liv. I got no beef with Liv. I think Liv is cool. But bro, I was like, come on, Sasha. Come
2: on. Like, this is I your knew, time, I, my I, I sister. Sasha. I, I knew it wasn't Sasha. Like, I, I just knew. Um, I would have, you know, like, you, you know, I knew. <laughs> But yeah, I knew it was Sasha.
0: Yeah. I can. My better judgment was like, nah, I'm not going to be that lucky. But, man, just, just if it was, you know, it's fine, though. She, she'll come <laughs> back in due time. Uh, My favorite really? return was Andrade because I okay, love me some okay. Andrade. Like, well, I
2: thought you were just talking about the women. No, 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 just in general.
0: Because, um, man, honestly, like, the first ten entrants of the Men's Royal Rumble, like, all hit. Like, I was telling, because I had a friend of mine over, and, like, this was her first time actually watching wrestling. I was like, honestly, I'd be cool with any of these people winning, besides, like, one person. I don't remember who it was. Um, But, yeah, when Andrade came back, because, like, I kind of figured he would be back in WWE eventually, but I guess I just didn't make the connect. Oh, yeah, Royal Rumble would be the perfect time for him to do it. Um, I am salty. He didn't come out to his old music, because his old WWE thing is one of my favorites of the last, like, 10 years. It's so good. It is, I agree. Oh, so good. But, yeah, very happy to see Andrade. And just so you know, because like we said, like wrestling, WWE doesn't tend to, like, split up married couples. He's on Raw. And so that means when Charlotte gets back. She's on Raw. Hello. Um. <laughs> all right, what was your favorite moment of the night?
2: Uh, Favorite moment of the night? I will say, well, you're probably going to ask that later, so I'm going to wait. If not, I'll bring it up later. Favorite moment. I really enjoyed the night. Um, Time to choose one. Just one.
0: I know, it was hard. I mean, I had, you want me to go first? Because mine yeah, is go like. Ahead, go ahead, go honestly, ahead. Honestly, it was seeing Naomi, not only her being back, but like she's still, in fact, amazing. Cause like as soon as I heard the music, I was marking. I was like Naomi's back. Even like I kind of figured she was gonna come back, which y'all know I love me some Naomi. So having her back was awesome and great. And so just like her presence, and then like her getting the reaction was was really dope. And now it's time to get a belt on her, but that's nothing here nor there.
2: Yeah, uh, I really don't have just like a super favorite moment because I enjoyed the whole night. Now. Just not to be a spoiler, uh, are you gonna have like an OMG moment or anything later? We always do that.
0: We always do biggest okay, well, So
2: um, I guess I'm gonna go one of my shocking moments because it's not gonna be this not gonna be my OMG answer. Um, Cody winning again, I guess, because I had CM Punk, and when it was them two left, I was like, okay, CM Punk got it. And as it kept going, I knew CM Punk was gonna lose when he was like, I didn't wait ten years to come back and lose to Dusty's kid. I was like, oh, he lost. <laughs> And then, <laughs> then, like, Cody lifted up and grabbed him and threw him out. But I was happy for Cody. Then I definitely loved when he pointed at Roman like, hey, it's you. Like, he didn't waste no time. Even though Seth talked to him Monday night, he wasted no time saying, I'm coming after you. And that's what I really liked. I'm going to go with the RKO finanza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry right It's funny you say that because like it really reminded me of Booker T when they were in WCW and he was like, Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you! <laughs> Just the way you said that. Oh, we I don't like Hulk Hogan. Um,
2: you like his theme song, doesn't
0: it? It is so catchy. It is, oh, my gosh. that is the only, There are only two things I like about Hulk Hogan. His theme song, where I always change the words, and making fun of Hulk Hogan. That is it. Like, seeing his face so much in this lead-up, I just feel like there is another wrestler from Florida y'all could have called. <laughs> Somebody you
2: could have
0: called. Dead ass anybody. I
2: anybody let, but him. Hey, they could let HBK do the, uh, uh, do the uh, promos.
0: No, straight <laughs> up. You don't, you don't have to have Florida. You don't have to be from a specific area to do the promos for this show.
2: But that's not. Hey, that's facts. I'm not disagreeing
0: with you. That's facts. But whatever. It's fine. All right. Who do you feel like increased their stock? Mm, increase their stock.
2: Well, this is going to be a weird answer, but in a way, I'm going to choose, uh, I don't remember her name, maybe you can help me, the TNA Women's Jordan Champion. Jordan Grace? Like she, Jordan Grace, thank you. I feel like she increased her stock to come to WWE one day.
0: Oh yeah, um, 100%. Now you know, WWE is not going to have somebody who's never wrestled in WWE come to their show. And not be like, hey, you know you got a job here if you want it. Like, she's going <laughs> to be in WWE in the hey, next couple I of years. You, but she still had to perform, and she did. Um, oh, yeah, and she, she really had bad. a really good showing. I was kind of surprised that Naomi didn't eliminate her. I thought that would have been, like, the perfect.
2: And you know what? That's that's right, because she did want to take it off of Naomi. Um, mm-hmm. I would say her, but I would also say Nia Jax. She was a... Nia Jax coming back has really been good. You know, I wasn't just a big fan of Nia Jax when she left. She was injuring people. But since she just came back, she's actually been, because of Triple H 2, booked like a monster. And she's literally doing good. She's been doing great. Like, I liked her. I really liked her in the Royal Rumble. Um, so you can even say R-Truth. Cause R- oh, R-Truth, my gosh. Man. You
0: can't say everybody on the show. I will, though. R-Truth, too. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, okay. that part where he was like, he thought it was a tag team match, that was, that was perfect. Um, I'm gonna say Jade Cargill. Like, okay. I'll be the first to say, like, I don't have a lot of experience watching AEW. I think I might have watched, like, one Jade Cargill match, and I don't remember much from it. And so I remember asking you and other people, like, is Jade Cargill actually good? And obviously you can't base if somebody's good or not based off of, like, a Royal Rumble performance just because it's in such a vacuum and it's different than, like, a traditional match. But from what I saw out of her, I was really impressed. And I'm excited to see more from her. And Loki, Loki though, it did kind of piss me off. I don't remember if it was uh, Corey Graves or Mike Michael Cole when Bianca and Jay were looking at each other. And, like, they're like, it's like looking in the mirror. And in my mind, <laughs> I'm like, are you just saying that because they both black? Like, <laughs> I've been
2: mirroring them forever.
0: Uh, no no so no no. no. Uh huh. Sure sure sure. But the only but the thing is though, that is like the fact that they are strong and black are their only two comparisons. <laughs> they are two incredibly different people. Well, but that's they, was
2: the, champ, they was dominant champions at the same time in rival promotions as well. So mm-hmm. they're always gonna be towards each other. But what mm-hmm. I will change, say, you so the, the so family. embryo
0: embryo if. Bianca or Jade were white women. Would you say that they were mirroring each other? It's okay to say no.
2: No, cause like okay. The same time, I, I I wouldn't say that. But mm. no, no, I would say no. But I, I, I but you know, mm. being black has something to do with it. I will say oh, it has a massive time, part to but do. With I will it. say. They was both dominant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, they both was black women and they were mm-hmm. strong. And so mm-hmm. that's why they always had a comparison. And it was with rival companies. Mm-hmm. And people put them towards each other. So there's more to it than just that. But no, what no, say, no, no, hey, no, 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 no. I gotta say this. What I will say for anybody listening, watching for all the people, look, don't expect Jay Cargill to be Bianca Barrett wrestling wise, because you'll right. be highly disappointed she's not gonna be like Bianca Bianca's I'm not saying Jay is not talented but she's gonna be have a whole new different wrestling style than Bianca yeah so Bianca's
0: one of you make
2: that clear their wrestling styles are completely different
0: Yes, Bianca is one-on-one, but I'm still going to disagree with you because we see... I agree some, with you. Uh, yeah, yeah she's, I, I
2: agree with you with the, uh, yeah, what you just said. I
0: agree 100%. But I'm going to disagree with you on the Cargo like tip. I mainly... Because we've seen several like white women or Asian women who are amazing and talented at what they do, and you never hear... They're quote-unquote mirrors of each other. Because let's be honest, Embryo, how many black women in WWE have had the success, especially recently... That we've seen that Bianca and Jade have. None. Okay, that's my point. Um and, and that's
2: another that's another reason why. They, no, 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 but that's I'm what I'm saying. saying. Right. Like but, I'm not
0: saying it's right. I'm no, no, no. What I'm saying is though, if you're right now, if you were to ask a wrestling fan to name a black women's wrestler, more times than not, you're either going to hear Bianca Belair or Jade Cargill. What I'm I saying agree. is you other women of other races and ethnicities you're they're not saying oh they're mirrors of each other it's just because it's not because there's more of them in the wrestling business whereas black women it's so few black women in wrestling that like the two most popular ones of course you're going to find a reason to compare the two not saying they don't have other similarities outside of race but that is their biggest similarity so
2: this is my question are you are, are you saying that's a
0: Bad thing. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing, but I don't like that because it's two black women who are successful. Yeah, they are automatically going to be tied to one another.
2: So I, I see your point. I understand that. I didn't. Well, every time I heard it, which I, I like to hear your opinion because you are a black woman. So, but like, um, I didn't. I didn't take. I didn't personally take it as a bad thing. I when they say that, I, first. Yes, they are saying that because they black. I, I remember with you 100% and that they strong. But I always just saw it as these are two black women dominating both of their divisions because one was in another company and one is in the other. And now I don't agree with the mirror part, but I, every time people said that or they always used to put it online, like this is Matt match we want to see. I uh, was
0: proud now to I don't have an issue with.
2: Women my issue is their
0: companies i'm sorry not to interrupt my issue isn't like wanting to see them have a match hell i want to see them have a match yeah, yeah, but it's just like it feels like one of those things where you can't mention or at least when jay was at the AEW, it didn't feel like you could mention one without shortly thereafter somebody else mentioning the other like they had this link with one another even though they had like no connection But because they were the two black women in wrestling who were making the biggest impact at the time, they always are linked up. Whereas, for example, with Seth Rollins, you're not always like... Whenever you talk about Seth Rollins, it's not surely thereafter you're hearing about Kenny Omega and vice versa. With Roman Reigns, like, you're not saying Roman Reigns and then instantly thinking about Samoa Joe. Aren't they both men? Aren't they both Samoan? Like, so just my issue is, it felt like the need to compare both of them in order the need to compare both of them and letting, instead of letting what they've accomplished stand on its own. I, that's what I don't like.
2: Okay. I I will say Bianca was doing it first. Yeah, sure. I feel like the main thing that linked them the most was when Jay Cargill came out, people was like because you're like you're right like we had never seen this like a black woman dominate like that before bianca and it's like wow we ain't never seen nothing like this jay Cargo was kind of like bianca bianca exactly so that's how they got lead. like we have never seen nothing like this and then they last like i've been saying they both was champions both had dominating reigns and they was it doesn't help they was in rival companies because then a lot of people probably was trying to say oh they trying to find their version of bianca Belair.' so they just kept getting linked
0: and that's what I'm saying, though. Like,
2: you know, so that's what I I'm get saying. to a point with that, but, you know, I, you, I didn't see it like that until kind of now. But, like I say, when I, when I used to hear it, I'm just thinking, like, man, these are two, you know, black women dominating. I was, uh, like, even though I don't agree with the mirror part, yeah, they both strong, you know, yeah, they both have strong a- aspects of it. But, like, you know, they do have two different wrestling styles now. But um, I was just proud to see them in the in the light you know what I mean I know you're not saying you wasn't I I know what you were saying so I've never thought about it that way I'll just have to see these two women in the front you know black women you know dominate what they do best you know what I mean so but I get what your point was I I get it 100%
0: and I love it and I think it's great and I'm trying not to go down a rabbit hole because we got other stuff to talk about (laughs) and don't get twisted I think Jade is dope from what I've seen obviously I, I have to see more I'm just like I said like for right now like it's just frustrating that the two can't stand well. Let me say this I won't even necessarily totally say Bianca because you know, Bianca, but it feels like Jay Cargill can't totally stand on her own without being compared to Bianca in some capacity.
2: I, I could, I could believe that, um,
0: and I don't think that's fair for her because other wrestlers aren't getting that same treatment.
2: I will say this um it will be a little tough for her when she starts wrestling, only because. Like I say, some people are just gonna look at that, hey, they... Like the, he said, which I don't agree with, you know, this a mirror so they don't think she's gonna go out there and be a Bianca. She will not. I've been sitting here the whole time thinking what type of wrestling style she'll probably have. Maybe a more athletic... I, she's not gonna be... She's kind of stiff a little bit. Not saying that's bad, but I, I can see her just being a hard hitter. She won't be doing... She'll do strength stuff, hard hitter. I'm trying to think who to compare her to, but I can't think right now. But... She's going to be completely different. I just, I would hate for people to think she's going to be like Bianca when she goes out there and starts. They'd be like, man, she doesn't wrestle like Bianca. Like you said, they're going to be comparing her. Uh, I mean, she's great, but she's not Bianca because this is not going to be right to her. You know, she's great in her own way and style. So that's something WWE that have to work with, you know. And I don't, you know, so we got to see. I don't know what brand she's on yet.
0: I, that's a good question. I, Loki. I hope I'll it's Raw. Her, I would put on Raw. I they need her on, her on raw.
2: raw. I would put her on Raw. Or if she's still learning, because she wasn't a great rascal over there. She was just good at what she, she was great at what she did. You know, I know, well, I think she's, she's too big for NXT, but, um, if nah, you want to, to learn more. more. Like, you know, she needs to learn more. Like, they've been, you know, she's been practicing and all that, getting better. So,
0: yeah, I mean, what, she she's been signed. To be fair, she's been with WWE for the past few months. If she hasn't been learning in that process, that's a problem. Like if you uh, she's I, been she off- all
2: No, but it's what like I mean learn. is
0: like if she's been behind the scenes for however many months and you still feel the need to put her on NXT, that's an issue. But I want to say that's a bad thing cuz then like
2: I, I know he he was big in and- New Japan, but, like, over, you know, depending on, like, he was a big wrestler. I didn't know nothing about Shinsuke until he came to, you
0: know, WWE. But he was big in other places. He was on NXT. And um, I'm not necessarily Finn saying Balor. that. But the thing is, when Finn, I mean, not Finn, when Shinsuke got to WWE, it wasn't like, a, oh, I'm finna chill for the next few months before I make my TV debut. Ugbery. And so you that's right, what I'm saying. Right. Like, if you've been behind the scenes, I would assume you are putting in that work to be ready to be on Raw or SmackDown. Because if that's not the case, what were you doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's just me. Okay, uh, getting off on a tangent as we normally do, let's get back to the recap. Um, Who do you believe decreased their stock after rumbling Royal?
2: (laughs) Decreased. Um, Decreased. I'm going to go to the rumble here. Uh. You know what? Even though Karen Cross then came back, I'm going to say he got his stuff decreased again because Bobby came right out and eliminated him. You you, you know, it's like every time you think he's getting a push he's gonna dumb, and he's going to be dominant, something always happens. The booking is not right. He, you're trying to build him back up. He has his stable. He comes in the ring. He probably done that in a little bit. I can't remember. But I remember Bobby coming out fresh, even though he didn't stay in long, and um, eliminated him right off the back. Which I know why they did because I think they had just got to win Friday night. But you know, if you want Karen Cross to be that monster he was at NXT, you got to start letting him dominate and lasting. You know, well, not just raw woman, but just dominate. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go Karen Cross.
0: That's real. I would just say unpredictability. Like I don't have a specific wrestler because I mean, like mm-hmm. low key, your entrance. Ha- I mean, your like elimination has to be like pretty bad for it to be bad. Like into where I think you like decrease stock. Because, I mean, yep. it's, like, it's a rumble. Like, only one person is going to win. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. Like, only one team is going to come out on top at the end. Everybody else is technically a loser. Um, so, I don't really have anybody. But it's unpredictability because, like, we all, everybody named Mama knew the rumble was pretty much, the men's rumble was going to come down to CM Punk or Cody Rhodes. There yep. was really no other realistic option the women's Royal rumble, everybody knew it was really going to come down to like Becky Lynch or Bailey. It didn't really feel like there was any other option. And yeah. while, you know, both were still solid. Like I missed the days when they were like, you go into a rumble, like you have no idea what's going to happen, but yeah, uh, it, it didn't necessarily take away from the event for me though.
2: Yeah. But I will say women, the women that came out, you know, at some point I was like, Hey, this person could win it. You know what I mean? Like even though you know I chose I chose uh, Becky. No, you didn't. You no, know? you chose Bailey. No, I chose Becky. I said you I chose Becky Bailey to and Bailey. No, I, yeah, I said I wanted Bailey to win, but I if, when I asked who I thought was gonna win, I said Becky. Um, if I'm correct, but uh, you know I wouldn't been shocked if you know Jade won if I didn't have her, but how she was wrestling, you know, women had more of a um, chance of being a shocker than the men. i would put it that way
0: i get that low-key it kind of just felt like it felt pretty straightforward to me about who was gonna win or at least that's just me um all right moving on to the one booking decision you would have done differently
2: Mm, done differently well i don't know what i would have done differently it was a pretty great show um, I could say having KO win, but I had, um, I had um, why can I not think of his name? Jake? Is that Jake? No, Logan was, Paul. Uh, Logan, thank you. I had Logan winning, um, but I, as I was watching the match, I kind of wanted KO to win. I was so happy for him, I thought he had it. Um, I wanted him
0: to win too, because you know, then I would have won. I know.
2: <laughs> it's fine. I don't really have a different booking decision, honestly. I don't. I think, the, I think it was pretty I went in and got what I wanted you know so I was happy with how everything went
0: um my one booking decision was I would have had Jimmy eliminate Jay okay. Um, okay. mainly because like you said like they teased it a bit and that was cool you know what I'm saying like it was it, I like what they did with the two of them um like starting the match off but it's like and there's no necessarily guarantee that we're going to get jay versus jimmy at wrestlemania should we yes is it like set in stone no but i feel like if you are working towards that and they're on different brands you got to have something happen to kind of stoke those fires and kind of make it like make it seem like this is going to happen because you don't want to just pull up the week or two before WrestleMania, and be like, okay, Jimmy and Jay, and it's like, well, we didn't have a build, and yeah. and I don't think Triple H and the rest of creative would get lazy and just be like, well, you know, they're twins, they're brothers, you know, this is why. Yeah. But like, I I would like I would have liked for them to have them do more together.
2: I agree with you. Um, or, or you could have done reverse Jay and eliminate. Yeah. yeah. Either Jimmy way, cost just cost him a couple things. Jimmy cost him the match against Roman. Jimmy cost him the tag team championships, did, if I'm correct. Did he cost them...
0: I don't I remember. Jimmy
2: <laughs> don't... I think he was the reason like Jay and Cody lost, if I'm correct. I had to go back. I know he did something to Jimmy after I mean, Jay after that. So, Jimmy then did some things, but you're right. It's, it's been little things. Like you said, they on different brands. You had Jay doing his own thing. Jimmy then did stuff with John Cena, L.A. Knight. You know, he been doing his own stuff, too. You know, so... You're right. They gotta like you know start that fire. You know what I mean? It's there. It's not gonna be hard hard to start. You just gotta do it.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. What was your biggest WTF moment of the night?
2: Oh, Kyrie saying Kyrie saying when she was getting eliminated, oh,
0: looking like Spider Man.
2: Yes, like when she did that. I was like, what? I've never seen this before, and this is coming from us seeing Kofi do wild stuff every time at Royal Rumble. But that was something I've never seen. That's what. That's another reason why I just loved Women's Rumble. Just the stuff the women did was amazing, and I've never seen nobody do that with flipping over the rope and grabbing, just grabbing the ring and doing that. Even though she got eliminated, like the she held it for a while, and then just finally failed. <laughs> like I like damage control, but uh, that was my like that was my uh um, my OMG moment.
0: My WTF moment was Dirty Dom eliminating Braun Breaker. I know you uh, texted yeah. it to me um, because apparently, per the rap sheets, uh, it was supposed to be um, Brock Lesnar like in for Braun Breaker. And I am so happy it was Braun Breaker because I love me some Braun Breaker. I think Braun yeah. Breaker is great. And so... Be, I don't necessarily think they're really going to do anything with it, but just having Dom be the one to eliminate him was like, damn, really? Okay. Yeah. And but you know, it it adds to Dirty yeah. Dom's street cred because you know, <laughs> i just you know for the
2: reasons I, I get why he won that, but just imagine how crazy the crowd would have went
0: if Ray. Oh, if I would have Domin- loved it to be Ray if
2: Dominic eliminated Brock Lesnar.
0: Oh, I don't care. That,
2: that. would have been. Ooh. Don would have been talking about that forever.
0: Oh, he
2: I been th- talking like he won the
0: championship. Oh uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, I I thought you was gonna say something about Bray. I mean not Br- Bray. Rest in peace, Bray Why I don't know why I said your name. I thought you meant by Ray. Now if he would have, well, I, I know Ray, Ray is hurt. I know so... Ray is hurt. But if Ray would have came out and eliminated him, that would have been uh that would have been yeah, that
2: would have been, been some <laughs> dead beat dad. <laughs>
0: All right, couple more things. All right, this is another, like, Royal Rumble exclusive question. What is a match that you want to see at WrestleMania that you didn't know you wanted until Royal Rumble? Mine is Bianca versus Jade, honestly. Okay. Seeing them in the ring together, like, both strong-arming. Like, Loki, I felt for Liv and Becky because it was, like, they hold y'all in the air for a long time, and that come down going <laughs> to hurt like a mug. So yes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I told you this. Um, They had like
2: a little bit, I think of it like a stir off a little bit. I don't think they like roused each other. I, I don't remember. I had to rewatch. Uh, Braun Breaker versus Gunther. Um, because I've been saying he needs somebody, you know, and if it's not going to be Seamus, if you want to bring Braun Breaker up, that's a way to bring him up, you know. He did very good in the Royal Rumble. So, you know build him up a little bit more to be the challenger to fight Gunther for the belt and hopefully win it off, so Gunther could go on to go to the World Heavyweight Championship heights he's well, destined to be at it at some point. So, Braun's going to I,
0: SmackDown, so... Is he going to SmackDown?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, that's interesting. So that just ruins the net. Well, that's what I wanted to see, but now I found that out. Uh, I don't really don't have nothing else right now because that's what well, I was doing Braun. That just makes me... See, look, Braun went... To Smackdown, so they trade the Sheamus to Raw. You see how that goes?
0: How is that a trade if it's not like they're on the same? Because they brand. Send somebody from Sheamus Raw. wasn't on, they're gonna send somebody from Raw to NXT. You're thinking so. way too much about it, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: making plans, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm making deals,
0: giving WWE three team trades. Um, okay, okay, they can do that, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, show grade. I gave it a solid B. I thought it was fine. Like nothing out of the ordinary, nothing too crazy, but a, a good show overall. Why are you
2: such a hard grader? Because... Like, that, was a that, was, that was an A. That was an A. No, it, was it a. wasn't. It was an A.
0: You think, okay, because I gave last year's Rumble an A. Do you think this Rumble was as good or better than last year's Royal Rumble?
2: The women's rumble
0: was better than the women's rumble last year. You a lie and a half and three quarters, but continue. I'm t- asking in general, card-wise, do you think this year was better or as good as last year's? I can't
2: even remember last year's
0: because I watched this year's and it was amazing. You a lie. Amazing is such a story. <laughs> And also, hey, you... Why they can't both be
2: A's? Why can't they both I be mean, A's? In problem. your
0: opinion, I I that's why I asked, is it an... Do you think it's as good or better? Because, like I said, I gave last year's an A. I thought last year's Royal Rumble was the bomb. Let me try
2: to think who I won last year. Cody
0: won. Cody and, and Rhea um, won.
2: Rhea won.
0: And then what? Um, what's it called? Bray Wyatt had his Mountain Dew match. Um yeah, with uh, LA Knight. Bianca beat Alexa Bliss. Uh, Rhea won. And then Roman beat Kevin Owens. And then that's when Sammy turned on the bloodline.
2: Mm, that was that Royal Rumble.
0: hmm
2: Okay, okay. So I'll take that back. Yeah. I'll take that back. It's yeah. still an A, though. It's still an A. Hey, you, know you... What, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? You're right. You're right. If that was an A last year, and you give it a B this year because you are hard grader I'm gonna
0: give it a B plus. I'm
2: gonna be in the middle. That's the crazy the part, right because
0: there. I didn't even give it the lowest grade. Ethan gave it a C plus. So don't come for me. Why would he give it a C plus? Because it was just it was a fine show. I can understand the grading. I I thought it was a little better than a C plus, but I get it. This was like was a, a B. It, I, I got it. I, it's, I'm I'm be the voice of it. Was a B plus to you, and that's fine. It wasn't the best Rumble I've ever seen, but it also has isn't no, the, worst. Like the, yeah, worst Rumble, the worst. Like the worst Rumble of recent memory. The worst Rumble was two years ago when uh face rousey uh, well. and brock one that rumble was well, terrible was not well, the good.
2: Highlight of that rumble was self entrance well him and rumble had a good match but the ending sucked
0: yeah that rumble was very disappointing and also royal rumble was my favorite pay-per-view of the year so of course i'm a graded harder i have high well, expectations you to be i gave it a b plus you know we in the same ballpark yeah you just a little bit you gave it a little more yeah
2: but i'm a nice teacher you're not that's what that is
0: i just because i want my students to be the best
2: I want my students to pass and not be stressed out. That's what I want.
0: Mm. That's the difference right there. I'm one of
2: the teachers. If you fail my class, that means you didn't try. That, that's, that's my class.
0: See, this is how we know you're a LeBron fan and I'm a Kobe fan. But all right, oh, thank you guys God. so much for listening to this show. Um, as always, nope. please be sure to check out the export.net, I p export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours, truly and fellow export writers, previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report Embryo. Anything you would like to say before we get up out of Schneer?
2: Oh, just everybody be safe. Thanks for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Uh, also next time we will have Question and Raven. We've been uh, we've been, you know, we've been on the offseason. We'll be back. We'll be back next time.
0: Um, I feel I need to actually know the actual date of Elimination Chamber. because um, I know they they showed they advertised it again. It's like it's on February twenty fourth. Um again, you sure you don't want to get up at four a.m. to watch Elimination Chamber live? That's not what you want to get. It's
2: gonna, it's gonna come on a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, hey, if I'm off that Saturday, I might go out there Friday. I might come on at four. <laughs> That's what
0: I said. Like, it's more likely for me to just stay up the entire time and then just crash after because i mean it's gonna be in australia and you know Be i mean not becky rhea ripley is going to obviously main event as she should and you know it's gonna be her versus Naya, right
2: hey, you know i think there's gonna be a really good match you know i never used to just say that about uh, Jack Maxis, but i think it's gonna be good I mean, she should have made
0: event. i'm not even totally gonna my reaction is not even totally because of naya it's just most of ria's championship matches have not been really good agree and i Agreed. don't know if this is going to be the one to break that threshold i hope i'm wrong though
2: cause... it depends if it's a if it's like a no disqualification or something like that it'll be pretty good if it's just a regular standard match probably not yeah.
0: but we'll see we got a few weeks um embryo obviously well hopefully as long as he still likes me we'll be back and we're gonna do our <laughs> elimination chamber predictions in a few weeks and like literally three weeks from now and um it's gonna be swell thank we you embryo be for being here we're gonna do the
2: season premiere question and raven on that
0: show hooray look forward to it <laughs> hopefully you won't get me canceled this year
2: no promises. It's the
0: go. We'll see y'all. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna get canceled one of these days. You don't make so. it hard, I
2: you don't make it hard. I enough.
0: don't make it hard. You're not wrong. Um, not you know what? I guess my views are quote unquote controversial. I just be honest. But you know. Hey, hey. Uh,
2: uh, honestly, it's the people that, the thing people hate the most. They don't. They, they say they want to hear the truth, but then when you tell it to them, they, they don't like it.
0: In the words of the great Lauren Hill. Truth comes, we can't hear it because we've been programmed to fear it.
2: Exactly. That's all facts. None. Capital F.
0: Okay. Again, thank y'all so <laughs> much for listening. I know Ethan, not on this portion of the show, but obviously he say go Grizz, even though you know y'all going through hey, some yeah, go things Gris. right now.
2: I wish he was here. I gotta question him about that C that siege, but i question him next time.
0: Okay. I mean it's a it's a fair grade. Um Oh, also early in the show, we finna let y'all out of here, I promise. Uh early in the show, we me and Ethan were talking uh NBA trade trade deadline predictions. Trade deadline is February eighth. You got any bold trade predictions? Well, I
2: don't know what's going on. I'm going be honest with you. The teams that need the trades don't have nothing to give. So I honestly don't know. Lakers need to do something, but I don't know what they giving. Maybe Austin
0: Reeves. Elo uh, really Delo not- is gone.
2: D'Lo, and, uh, yeah, D'Lo's gone, but I don't know. what you, I don't. I, y'all don't play with effort, and I don't know if that's gonna change if you depending on what players you bring in. Just like the Warriors, like you know, Clay and Draymond are just not what they used to be. You know what I mean? And it's really going towards Clay offensively wise. He's just not who he used to be, and you got some young players, but. I'm, the teams that need it the most don't have nothing to give. You know, you know, you have DeMar DeRozan, he could probably go somewhere, um, um, Zach Levine, um, a couple people that can go places, but the teams that need them the most, I just don't know if they have stuff to give, you know what I mean? So, especially, I was aimed at the Lakers, you know, really, but a lot of these teams that need help don't have stuff to really gain. You know so. LeBron
0: is talking to Jeannie Bus and Rob Pelinka yes. and what, is what like... No, 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 like. no. I'm, t- I'm telling you exactly what he said. He said, anybody but AD. Yeah, yeah. Man, you can even trade
2: the
0: coach. <laughs> he don't, I, Man, I bet if he had his way Ham would be the way of Ad- Adrian Griffin and get bounced like mid-season. Man, he would have been gone.
2: I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, like, you know... And you know, I don't hate the Lakers, you know, but a lot of these teams. I don't hate
0: the Warriors, you know. I'm a
2: Grizzlies fan. I like the Warriors until we play them. It's a lot of, it's teams like I that. Feel that. Know, I feel that there's a lot of like teams LeBron. I feel like that. Yeah, I like LeBron until we play him. Play them. I don't like you know, LeBron,
0: like, but he's on my favorite team. So what are we gonna do? Hey,
2: LeBron got your your team a ring, so you know. But uh, what that mean?
0: Joe Flacco got my Ravens a ring, too, and we still got smoke. What is your point?
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, like, man.
0: <laughs> that I'm don't saying. mean nothing to me. I'm just saying. I was just
2: saying. I, I didn't say it meant anything. I was just saying. But, you know, a lot of these teams need help. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care. Because my team, the Memphis Grizzlies, been hit with the injury bug for the, this season. And we still going out there fighting, playing with more effort than people that have a good, better teams than us. So, I really don't care what happens to them.
0: Ooh, that was spicy. It's crazy. You say this like, I don't like the Grizzlies, too. I'm very... I you No, know, I know you, like the, no, I know you like the Grizzlies.
2: I know you like the Grizzlies. That was aimed for all the NBA players out there.
0: Oh. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, Who think they're going to walk over the Grizzlies just because everybody hurt?
2: Hey, all I'm saying is you can't pay millions. You can't go out there and play with
0: effort. What do you... <laughs> Low management exists. What do you think the answer to that question is?
2: Yeah, I'm just saying. Then they get mad. You know, I've been seeing the stuff on social media. People getting mad, even though I get it. If you injured, because how many games can you miss? Seventeen. You know, it, it do suck if you actually legitimately like legitimate injured. You know, that sucks that you won't be able to qualify for certain things because you do lose money for that. But. Some of these folks not getting injured, you know. Some of these folks they don't even need load management, taking load management. So you know, it's like you know, go out there and play. You get paid millions. I go out, give me a contract right now for a hundred k. I'm out there. I'm out there. You need me to play for all forty eight minutes. I'm out there. So, you know, I, I saw that stuff today. It was going to make me mad because you know, like, it's, it's tough out here. These folks are blessed with talent and they get millions. Man, go out there and play, man. You know. Give your heart, you
0: know. So, wow! Now you are starting. To, now you are starting to sound like a Kobe fan. That's beautiful.
2: No, for real, Kobe definitely would have stood for that. Kobe oh, went out there. What was? And I know you would probably notice. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Kobe that said like one time, you know, even if he injured, if he could play, he gonna play because people paid yeah money to see him play. Yeah, like, for real, some of these people paid money. You know, it's tough out here. It's hard to get these tickets, and you going out there trying to see you know, maybe a star or something. I'm just saying somebody, I don't know if Kyrie's been doing it this year, but I know he used to. Like, Kyrie always
0: finding hurt, ways.
2: though. Kyrie always, yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if you can play, especially if you're, like, a superstar, well, it don't even matter if you're not, because even some of these smaller players, I forgot his name now, but i definitely get, like, it was a guy, I don't know why I can't think of his name. He played for the Greens, as one, one of the biggest stars in the oh, uh, Oh, Chandler Parsons? No, not him. Oh. It was like a, he was even lower than that. Not to talk bad about him, but... I was happy to see him when I met him. You know, it's just good seeing these players. You know, you love the game. You want to see these people playing at a high level. You know, so you know, go out there and play, man. You get paid for it. You know what I mean? You get paid. I like you're not getting paid. Mm. Yeah, you, you got this generational wealth like you have. Like go out there and play, Kawhi. Like Kawhi. Like I'm, I'm a huge Kawhi fan. Yo, Kawhi, yo. Was, before you,
0: before list. you get on Kawhi's head. I actually looked this up early in the show. Obviously, that part was recorded hours ago. But, like, he has only missed four games this season. And Paul I'm George so has proud. only missed two. So, well, the people that, that rule. All
2: this happened. So, like, the
0: people who the rule was made for have been playing.
2: Exactly. That's all I was about to say. Exactly. The, the, the people that made the rule happen been playing, which is good. But they were just playing in the first place. None of this will be happening. So Maybe Joel and V right would win MVP so this you year. You that point, Raven. The rules that was that was made for them, and they not getting punished for it. So the NBA players get mad. You need to be mad at them. Go drop fifty on them for you making you lose money. Go drop fifty on them. So it's just crazy, you know. And like I say, I was gonna definitely use Kawhi as an example. Kawhi. You know, I, I became a big, big fan of Kawhi when he won the championship in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. He, he also helped my boy uh, Marcus Paul get a ring. But um, yeah, then you know he started doing all the load management stuff, which he did start doing with um, the Spurs. But like you said, the rule was made for him and stuff. Paul George used to always be injured though, but like Kawhi, just resting. You know, Kawhi <laughs> so,
0: literally is the reason for load management. Them and the Spurs. Yeah. And the Spurs don't want to introduce them to it, you
2: know? So, but, hey, go out there and ball, man. Go out there and ball. You're getting paid millions to go do that. Just go do it, you know? I'm pretty sure there's other stuff that come with the life. Don't get me wrong, but I wish I was getting paid millions. You know what I mean? I
0: know. That's right. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't know if my body physically could be out there for 48 minutes, but by golly, I try. I try. You you give me a, a hundred k. Right, a hundred k. <laughs> <laughs> that's more money than I got right now. <laughs>
2: so. Exactly. So you know, that's that stuff. Like it, it pushes me the wrong way sometimes. It's like, it's like I say, it's tough out here. You know, for the regular person, it's tough out here. And you, and like I say, I know they got personal stuff going on with their lives. They human. Don't get me wrong. Their body might be hurting as well. Don't don't get me wrong. But you getting paid millions to go out there and perform. And I know you work out and do other stuff through the year. But if you didn't want to, all you got to do is play 82 games counting the playoffs.
0: Yeah.
2: It's not the – I'm not going to say it's not hard, but it's not the most difficult job in the world. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to put it like that because everything has its tough things. I can't go out there and ball like they do. It's very tough. I tried to play basketball in the park. I was winded, messed up. So, but, you know. They'll still be pushing me the
0: wrong way. I feel that. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. This is a safe space here. And hopefully (laughs) you've touched the hearts and minds of basketball players all over the world. You will will end load management. But uh, (laughs) thank y'all so much for listening again. um, Like I said, for myself, for Biggie, for Embryo. Very grateful to have you. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye.